everybody, and welcome to episode 471 of Vigigame Apocalypse. I'm your host, Michael Raparez, coming to you from the Petty Officer No Class Memorial Studio of the Airways. If you want to be the U Memorial Studio of the Airwaves, go to patreon.com slash laser time and join us at the $20 level. Who's joining me now? Ooh. Premium podcaster, Chris Antistam. And, man, this week's all about 2D action games, Matthew Allen. And special guest... From the multiverse of podcasting, Anthony Abbott. <laughs> oh, shit. Anthony, this is my multiverse. Please welcome. let Anthony get his plugs in. Yes, welcome back. I was going to say, where can people find you <laughs> other than this show? You can find me on Twitch, twitch.tv slash Bruce Wayne Brady, where I've been playing uh, Sifu lately. And probably by the end of this year, I'm going to go through uh, the other Souls games that I haven't beaten yet. Mm. Nice. So that's, Which are? That's Which ones have you not uh, finished yet? Well, I, I started with Bloodborne first. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Dark Souls 3. Playing Elden Ring right now, and uh, then I'm going to jump into Sekiro, Dark Souls 2, and uh, I, if I can get a PS5, I'd like to play the Demon Souls remake. Oh, it's, yeah, it's real good. good. It's uh, pretty- just a little tease. You know, it's funny you mentioned like uh, Dark Souls sequels and stuff. Like uh, one of the game new games this week reminds me an awful lot of a, of the transition between Dark Souls one to two, and that's all I'll say for now. Ooh. Maybe something to play. Uh, man, I still I still feel like Elden Ring is my high school girlfriend, and I haven't gotten over. I just can't. <laughs> I cannot move on at all. And I've never finished another Souls game, and never had any shame in that. And I. It, uh, do I go back? I don't know. Well, before we move on to video game talk that's more relevant to Impossible. the show, I just wanted to ask our other special guest, hey, TV's Hank Hill, what's your favorite program for recording and editing audio? The Audacity! <laughs> I, was, I was so disappointed to see that, like, oh, man, that game might be made up of, like, legacy clips instead of getting Mike Judge and to record new shit for Hank Hill. Yeah, probably. But thank you to Anthony for sending me that. That cleaner version of that. <laughs> so I can no, do that stupid joke. It is, it is missing the oh from the car game. <laughs> and when his riding mower gets hit by a blue shell or whatever. Uh, <laughs> I still haven't played that game. Man, if you I think, think yeah. Mario Kart is infuriating, imagine a free-to-play fucking Apple Arcade it's, if it's oh on Apple Arcade, it is not free to play. It is exclusive to a subscription. For now, don't they like just rip out the free to play shit? And uh, no, they're they're all. I thought yeah, they, all their rule was they they all have to no. be bespoke experiences. Remember the they Castlevania thing? They just like hastily took out the freemium stuff and was left the grind stuff? in. Left the grind in as if it, it was it was very evident of what kind of game it was before. Right. It but I thought arcade. the rule was it can't, if it's on arcade, it can't have like a different version of the uh, same game outside i'll default to you and still not subscribe to that service I, at this point i keep my subscription just so i always have access to grindstone which is fantastic game is, is apple arcade is that like game pass but permanent do they never leave apple arcade that can't be i don't know uh probably i don't know yeah. <laughs> uh, nothing's left <laughs> as far as i know. I don't know and probably Whatever, that's not yeah. that's, that's not I'm our really primary area it's of focus. Just like, eh, I have access to games. I've Yay. never used it, so I got nothing for you. It's one of those subs that you get when you buy a new phone, mm-hmm. and you're like, ah, cool. Yeah, oh, I can watch Ted Lasso and, and get free games that are <laughs> Let me go ahead and turn off the auto-subscription on this right now. There we go. <laughs> yeah. I can finally, once again, stream the fucking great pumpkin Charlie Brown. The only way to... I'm still infuriated Man, by that. Why did they make that title so filthy, the fucking great pumpkin? <laughs> I'd look. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to get fresh this early in the show. Like the seventies porn parody. It's the but, fucking great pumpkin, Charlie Brown. The great blumpkin. 
<laughs> Come on, so bad. Pig pen is not the dirtiest thing in this version. Uh, no, no. Uh, it's going to be a fun show. We've got a top five straight from our best ideas man, Dave Rudden, who uh, dog. said, "What? What? Have you ever done anything with? Because uh, there's this new Auden Chronicle Rising game out this week, which is a sort of bite-sized prequel." to a bigger Aiden Chronicle game that's coming later. And he's like, well, in the spirit of that, what about other mini prequels that came out that are like, it's it's more than a demo. It Its story actually prequelizes the, the bigger game that's coming out. A lot of the time there are gameplay elements that tie in. Sometimes you pay money for them. Oh, sometimes. I thought that was the main criteria. Most so, of the time. Well, I think I think all but one of the ones we're going to talk about are paid. Mm-hmm. I think the reason these are so rare, we were wondering, we're like, man, we, we didn't know we could find five, and then we, we did, but it's like, it's still not like a common thing. And I, I think the reason is, is game teams are too busy, you know, trying to finish the main game oh, yeah. <laughs> they're working yes. on, yeah, like yeah. to if, justify if never... putting another team on something else would be kind of hard to People do. are talking a lot about like behind the scenes in the games industry and like... I'm sure people have read stories about making an E3 demo. It fucking sucks. Mm-hmm. And it derails the progress of the actual yeah. like full game uh, pretty significantly. So to to put this put this also also like it's kind of a console thing. And being kind of a console thing, it means Japan has sort of led this the whole time and they don't really they've only like sem- like it's downloadable stuff in Japan is still like in its infancy on consoles. So like yeah, like we've been, we've been. It, it has, like, that's why so many of these are like, like premium stuff because they have to stick it on a disc and put it in stores. Yeah, that's um, true. I think and, the reason and, it makes sense for Aiden Chronicle is like this. My understanding is the full game; it's crowdfunded, and so I, I could almost imagine like, oh, this is a bridge game, so they can get some more funding, like yeah. an injection of more mm. funding, basically. And that's yeah. that's where shit gets tricky because like PCs always had this kind of shit going on. You've always had like playable slices early access has existed for like uh longer longer than anthony has been bruce wayne brady and and, and, <laughs> and, and but uh yeah uh, it, it just for console oriented people it always comes off as weird and like what you want me to pay what for what that's so strange mm-hmm. i'm trying to do the math anthony so when wayne brady was like at his peak which bruce wayne would that would that be val kilmer bruce wayne what are, no. what are we talking here no we're, we're probably talking christian bale Let's see whose Probably. line is it. So that's what mm, late '90s, early 2000s. Right. Yeah. I'd still, I'd still say Bale because, like, uh, I think Wayne Brady's height was seriously that Dave Chappelle sketch. I think I came up with it after the Dave Chappelle sketch. Yeah, like, that, <laughs> yeah. Because that, that dude was in like everywhere after that. It wasn't yeah. just whose line. Oh, yeah. it, Fair enough. And uh, and yeah, I, I I think if you if you're gonna identify with one of those two Batman's, uh, better to go with Bale than Clooney. Honestly, yeah. Yeah, I'm good with that. Yeah. Oh yeah, uh, but, but Val Kilmer to me the most underrated Bruce Wayne and Batman, but also an asshole during the production. <laughs> uh, he's the best looking Batman. I'll give him that. Sure. Kevin Conroy is my favorite overall. There you go, Kevin Conroy, best Batman. Yeah, best Batman. Um, but anyway, yeah. So let's just dive right into these weird mm. previews, these playable prequels, whatever you want to call them, pre LC. Uh, (laughs) right after this 
Hey everybody, it's me, the raccoon that used to live under Chris's porch until Chris came to me and said, we're moving in a new direction and that direction is east, far away from you and your piles of rat skulls and terrible songs. Some of you may not remember me. I used to be Vigigame Apocalypse's mascot years and years ago. And while it's been a long time since I've been active, the hosts came to me and said, hey, we figure a few minutes from you would be more entertaining than dead air this week, so can you maybe do a little shtick and tell people more about the show? So yeah, here I am to tell you all how to support this group of ingrates that think they can just kick me off the show, ignore my endless texts for years and years, and then bring me back on like nothing's happened. First and foremost, visit their stupid Patreon, patreon.com slash lasertime, where you can sign up to pay actual money for stuff you won't find anywhere else, including shows from these guys going into depth about video games that they, a bunch of losers in their 40s, enjoy playing. Also, you can go onto your podcast app of choice and leave a review. Five-star reviews only, please. You know the drill. Bad things will happen if it's less than that. I'll come to your house and stare at you. You won't see it because it'll be through the nearest window, but you'll know that I was there. Why? Because there will be remnants of something that you don't want to see piled, and you'll think it's a cat. You will think it's a cat. Cats do this, but it's me. It's me and my army of unseen raccoons. But what you can really do to help us is just tell a friend about the show. You've got a friend who likes video games and they're like, oh man, I wish they were good podcasts to listen to. Guess what, freak? Listen to Vigigame Apocalypse. That's what you say. Insult them and end your friendship as long as they hear about us. That's the important thing. Anyway, I'm being chased off with a broom, so see you never, kids. And we're back to talk about what? Pre-LC. And and I want to I want to like listeners might say wait didn't you do a similar list like this and we did with like the retro spin yeah retro spin off right? so I tried to avoid those so we're not going to talk about for example Bloodstain Curse of Darkness or Dark Void Zero which which would also fit these are all things that came out uh, between a couple months and a couple years, years. before their games <laughs> actually I, I lied two of them are free. But they they are different enough from the regular game that I thought like okay these these should qualify these are not just demos they're not even demos that are different they are self contained stories that feed into the plot but let's begin with number five slap in the face. All right, you got some hack and slash noises, some... Uh, Is that a robot dun, falling dun, dun, downstairs? Yeah. Ed 209? Yes. <laughs> uh, this this is uh, RoboCop, the NES game. No, it's, uh, <laughs> this is Final Fantasy XV, A oh, King's yeah. Tale. Okay, yeah. I was really confused. But I, I this one was free. This, uh, it was yeah, a free-to-play free free to free. free. okay. game. But it, it wasn't like free-to-play, like there weren't a ton of monetization hooks well, in it or anything it, it like It wasn't that. freemium, it was just free. It's, it's here's yeah. a free... And I guess this one is retro styled, and that you know, it's got pixel art. It's it's a beat 'em up when there yeah. were not many of those coming out at the time mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. But this was I was I was at this the Final Fantasy 15 event. Do you guys remember the big event they had in like I want to say the Shrine Auditorium where it was like they announced all this shit leading up to the release of Final Fantasy 15, which was a big deal because it had been forever. And if you know the troubled history of 15 and how it spun off from from 12 verses and all that shit, but like. They're, they announced this. They announced like a full CG movie yeah, uh, right, starring. Yeah. I want to say the actress from Game of Thrones, like kind of at the time, yeah. right? Like Lena Cersei, did the Lannister, voice for like the I can't remember the character's name, but like the Noctis's, you know, love interest in the movie, oh, or whatever. The princess, whatever. Yes. I mean, that that's the only. I I just have to mention that because I am a big Final Fantasy fifteen lover, mm-hmm. and. Unlike other Final Fantasy fifteen Final Fantasy games, that game jumps you in so fucking quick and yeah. kind of takes the thirty minute 
prologue story and puts it in a fucking CG movie. And I was like, right. oh, I'm so into this. I'm going to check well, this out. I'm like, this movie is fucking terrible. And bad. I'm glad this isn't, isn't in <laughs> the beginning it, of the game. It didn't just put it in the CG movie. It put it in that. It did it in a, there was a, like a, some anime shorts that they yeah. released via YouTube. And then this game, the, they are all technically wow. prequels, which is some like Nomura bullshit where you're like, no, you got to play like 18 different things to get the full story. Yeah. Like that's, that's the well, proper way to play this I th- game. I think, you know, you, if you don't play this, you're not really missing a huge chunk of the story. I, I still uh, so, don't even know what you're talking about. <laughs> so, okay. Final Fantasy 15 and King's Tale came out on September 30th, 2016. Final Fantasy 15 would come out November 29th that same year. Mm. It is a prequel story that is told by Regis Noctis's father to Noctis, who's a little boy in it, and it's it's a bedtime story. And he's like, tell me a story. It's like, well, I, I had a lot of adventures, but they wouldn't really make good stories. It's like, well, just embellish then. And he's like, all right, well, I'll tell this story. And... uh fills it with monsters and it's about him meeting up with his three companions Wescom, Sid and Claris. I you know Sid is is obviously Sydney's dad. I don't get it. And they're all you know younger versions of the 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 parental generation and mm-hmm. uh and you can you can call them in as companions to attack and the final boss is one of my favorite Final Fantasy characters of all time honestly. <laughs> He never makes that sound in the other games, but that is Ultros. That is how he sounds in this. He's, he makes a bunch of roaring, bitey attacks and moves his head in weird, gelatinous ways that he never did before. Ultros, of course, being the mouthy, thieving octopus that first showed up, I think, in Final Fantasy VI and has had a couple of cameos and, and other minor roles since then. Making a note of that as an insult, you mouthy, thieving octopus. Got it. Thank you, Michael. <laughs> Apparently, this game takes place 30 years before FF15. Yep. Yeah, that and, would make sense. I, I was yeah. going to say, like, well, Noctis isn't that old. Oh, no, no. The actual story that's being told is 30 years before. Yeah. And, and you see the characters in that first 30 minutes of 15. They're they're like these old dudes that are sending you away. Like, okay, go on mm-hmm. your quest or whatever he's going to do. I forget <laughs> in the beginning of that yeah. game. And- but, I mean, it's it's a it's a fun, very basic hack and slasher. It's, it, it lets you do a lot of combos, you know, and introduces... Mm-hmm enemies it's like this enemy can block and you can uh get past that block by doing this attack but this other enemy when it blocks you need to do a shield bash and so Mm -hmm. it kind of keeps you on your toes that way and you can you can air juggle enemies i mean it's not devil may cry but it's it's pretty robust for a free hack and slash for something that was free it was fun yeah Yeah, and and something to do like i mean this was all about building hype for 15 and it totally worked like i was into it i'm like i'm gonna go watch this fucking anime on youtube and oh sure i'll play this i mean i don't think i ever like either i never heard of it or i just completely forgot about it i never heard of it it. yeah and i'm shocked to find out it's you can still download it for free usually these things kind of evaporate once the game comes out but you can still get this in the playstation store i think if you own a ps5 you can download 15 and all the dlc for free because it's all part of that like plus collection (laughs) at this point so I thought it was like a. I thought like a year later, looking for something like Final Fantasy 15 DLC, and it popped up in the PlayStation Store. Yeah, and I had never heard of it before and played it. It was actually pretty fun. Yeah, I think it speaks more to how much was riding on Final Fantasy 15 because <laughs> you think. <laughs> well, this, this is my perception of because we just talked about Final Fantasy 11 is 20 years old and still playable, unbelievable. But my first right, Final yeah. Fantasy game was 10. 
and I'm like, oh, I can't wait to play another Final Fantasy. I didn't, I didn't go backwards. <laughs> you and, came in like right in the wrong time. Yeah, yeah and, and then, they and then used like, to be more frequent, man. Eleven like, comes out, and then twelve comes out, like the end of the PS2 era, and I just like couldn't find myself interested. And then thirteen came out and was like kind of a controversial game. Like it didn't wasn't really didn't really have mainstream appeal. And then fifteen is a thirteen Final Fantasy thirteen spinoff that took like ten years in development, but is now the hopes of the franchise are now riding on it that yeah. they had. So I don't think they so much created like King's Tale and King's Glaive. I had to look up the name of the stupid movie. Oh yeah. That, that was the, the CG movie to, yeah. to monetize yeah. aspects of final fantasy, but more to remind old and new players why this is important to begin with. Cause it's been a long fucking time since a serious final fantasy game. Hey question. Has there ever been a good final fantasy CG Movie, I know people will say Advent Children. Yes. Did not care for it. Oh, Did not really? care for it. Um, have you watched like... The Spirits Within? I have not. Don't. But I've heard that shit yeah, is yeah. so dour and weird <laughs> and like hung its hat on being technologically impressive over 10 years ago. It does right. not hold up well at oh, all. 20 it years is. ago. 20 years, 20 years ago. Yeah. Jesus I mean, Christ. Advent Children is the best shot at like having something that Final Fantasy. Fans recognize as a movie that they can like yeah. watch and enjoy. Yes, well, I think Final Fantasy VII was like the first one that like fans were really hungry for anything that would sequelize it, yeah. and mm-hmm. and Square never did. Like that was as close as we got. Was here's this movie and like oh yes we get to see more of these characters and story. Hooray! Yeah, and then I, I I said I said before I saw was it last week or I forget what show, but that I saw. Did I see Iron Man with you, Michael, on like a Sega advanced screening? Probably. And like, you know, there's a lot of professional people in there, and professional people are like prone to not react. So I saw Iron Man in a movie where nobody laughed and nobody cheered, and it was one of the worst Marvel experiences I've ever had with the first MCU movie. Yeah. And but I saw Final Fantasy Advent Children at a press fan exclusive event at the Dolby Theater and people were going out of their fucking minds. It's I, it's not a very like good or coherent movie but like even I remember the moments of fan service like every person yeah. lifting cloud up in the air like that's a fucking cool moment if you've been waiting 10 years to see a follow up to these characters. And, and I know that yes there's there's Crisis Core there's Before Crisis there's Dirge of Cerberus there's all these games that are all prequels but that was the only sequel. Sequel. Right. Yeah, and, and Chris mentioned Final Fantasy X, which was the first one I played. But I remember also when Final Fantasy X was coming out was when the first when Spirits Within was coming out in theaters. Mm-hmm. Yep. Because I remember us going to the theater to see that, not knowing what we're, we're about to get into, and seeing <laughs> a commercial in the theater for Final Fantasy X. Wow. wow. Well, I mean, if you're going to see one, you'll probably want to buy the other. Yeah. I mean, that, but that's that's like, it's like the. Multimedia mainstream brand that Final Fantasy, I think, kind of almost was. It had almost broken through it, to like. It got close, and they might have killed it with the, with that movie. Yeah, <laughs> like, honestly, it's, it's like, I think they got a little too big for their britches, just because it, at the time, you know, we only had a couple Pixar movies to show what CG movies could be, and a lot of right. us thought, like, do these cutscenes in Final Fantasy X are worthy of their own film? Like, I would pay to yeah. see something like this in theaters. Why, uh, I mean, why? I bought Final Fantasy VII based on the cutscenes in those commercials yeah. alone. Right? Yeah, like they were the games were getting to be known for these amazing cutscenes, and um, not for nothing though. Doesn't Dirge of Cerberus sound like something cops would ask you to see if you're drunk when you're driving? Yeah. Let's say, repeat after me, <laughs> Dirge of Cerberus. Say it three times. 
Uh, <laughs> one thing that I did like about this was the it uses that like you know since it's the narrator device like what happens when you die and mm-hmm. what happens is Noctis is like wait a second you didn't make it you died <laughs> like I'm just checking to see if you're paying attention oh. Okay. Let's let's go back a bit. Uh, yeah. yeah, like that was Peter like the Falk King's and, uh, Quest Princess remake Bride. did that mm-hmm. a lot. Yeah. Yeah. No, wait, no, I didn't die there. I died later. Uh, I'm a ghost. Anyway, let's move along to something that uh, I wasn't able to get my hands on before this. Number four. Oh. <laughs> going nuts. The second week in a row that this franchise has appeared in our top five. Yeah, I know. Right. But listen, it's the last thing we want to do is talk about. Is it Gran Turismo? Yeah, Gran yes, Turismo. This is, this is, is this prologue? Or is, is, this prologue? Is, uh, is this five prologue? Yes, this is Gran Turismo 5 prologue. And like I had, researching this, I had flashbacks that I did not realize were there, that I had buried for years and years because... I have never been a Gran Turismo fan, but when the PlayStation 3 came out, do you remember what my job was, Chris? I do. Michael was the PlayStation editor. All PlayStation games went through Michael. Yes. So Gran Turismo was something I had to cover, and I went to several E3 demos for what was then known as Gran Turismo HD, which was going to be, oh, it's going to be on PS3, and uh, it's going to... You know, finally take this in the HD generation 720p graphics. And, <laughs> and they put out <laughs> HD concept about a week after the PS3 launched. And that got a couple of updates, but there was never a Gran Turismo HD. They killed that project and folded it into Gran Turismo 5. So HD concept came out November oh, 06. Two years later... After showcasing Gran Turismo a bunch, or Gran Turismo 5, you know, announcing that there's no more HD, now it's Gran Turismo 5, you've waited two years, here's Gran Turismo 5 Prologue. And it would be, so that that was uh, April 2008, it would be two more years, two and a half more years actually, because it's November 2010 when Gran Turismo 5 finally comes to PS3. So, so HD Concept and Prologue are in between 4 and 5? Yes. I, yes. So and, and I was telling you guys, this is when they lost me as a fan. Like yeah. when I, when they literally gave us two things in a row that were not full games... I was like, I'm not going to pay attention anymore. Like, I'm waiting for the blitz and the hype of like, okay, yes, tell me about the new full GT game that's coming out. And it didn't happen for another two years, and I was gone by then. I, there was, it's like, uh, what what year was this? I'm like, what would have been? I guess Burnout Paradise time. Like, I was I was moved on to other. Yeah, no, no, I, I remember then, you know? just making my Forza Three review, which is like, I don't want to play one of these Gran Turismo games ever again. And Forza Three came out, and like, oh, this is actually like fun with like things yeah. to do mm. if you don't just want to like tune cars and change paint change body kits it's a it has a fun aspect to simulation yeah and i just i, I, could, I never went back to and i, I I'm t- you're talking to someone who has probably a hundred hours invested over a hundred hours invested in the gran turismo series but i think like michael we were we were so confused while talking about this on mike because the nature of gran turismo releases and I think the reality here is Gran Turismo should be a live game. A constantly mm, yes. updated yeah. live service. That's what it should be. But it has always been led in Japan, which Japan mm. is not 
traditionally has not been much into download culture. If you Google Gran Turismo series, there are all these other spinoffs that never came stateside because they're just premium updates, DLC packs. Yeah. That and, and, and Japan is sort of used to this because like a, a lot of uh, games launch and then they get a, be- a superior version, but they're always in a box. And again, to talk about behind the scenes stuff, uh, I only recently saw you know mainstream news sites talking about the certification. Certification is expensive and kind of a nightmare when you want to get a game on consoles. When you want to get a box in stores, I I thought I heard it's like a six figure deal just wow. to get your finished game onto the onto the PlayStation Store. So it's a big deal. And if Gran Turismo is going to take another two years. Yeah, why not whet the appetite with a game that keeps being updated? So, but So it's interesting you mentioned that because this one actually is one where it's like, so there was the Gran Turismo 5 Prologue released in Japan first, what's known as Spec 1. Then there was Spec 2, which was yeah. also sold as a boxed product in Japan, although it was available as an update. And that's what we got in the US. That was our box version yeah. of Prologue with Spec 2. And then there was Spec 3, which also came in an update. But uh, yeah, I, I just remember this because there were, like, going to these these demos for it, there were so many weird delays. I remember one year, I can't remember, even remember if it was 5 or HD, that they showed, like, this is the first gameplay footage. And it was, like, two old-timey race cars going slowly around a track <laughs> and honking their horns. Yeah. Like, is this a troll? What are you doing? No. I know. This they is really, so boring. They do it, that it, it, in, in 7, and it's all about the history of racing. Right. If yeah. you love Michael's reaction to my joke bombs, I really would like to be standing with you at these, like, public Gran Turismo demos as they're like, ah! And Michael cannot <laughs> react. Like, <laughs> I cannot pretend to be excited about this. Yeah. yeah. Here's, here's the thing is, like, we're kind of complaining, like, man, we got these two non-releases in a row. Like, if you if you were in Japan, you had it worse. Cause I was just kind of like looking like there was a Gran Turismo, uh, four prologue that was Japan and yeah. Southeast Asia only. Yeah. There was a, after that, there was a Gran Turismo four online test version. That was just like, yeah, now, now there's online. We're testing that in this game that mm-hmm. these were free, but like they, they had, so, so we were but just getting you, something they had previously done. Did you see that? Like in, but in Japan though, Gran Turismo got like, Gran Turismo 3 Nissan pack. It's a standalone product and it sold right. half a million copies. So like when we wonder why, like why do people still care about Gran Turismo? And like Americans have kind of soured on it, but like places where you don't have vehicles, mm. um, where you don't hate your own car, like America, because we didn't invest in infrastructure. There's more of a tuner culture, like in Europe. Yeah. It, it makes yeah. more sense. It's a simulation of something you can't really get or grasp. And, uh, Japan receives so many standalone box copies of Gran Turismo that we've never heard of. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I can see why this made sense because they sold they sold well, even though they're kind of nothing. <laughs> they're their fucking DLC. But so so Gran Turismo Five Prologue, which and and you pointed out, Anthony, they did do this with Four also, but we didn't get that version. We only yeah. got Gran Turismo yeah, that's Four. J- Japan only. Uh, yeah. So Gran Turismo Five Prologue, which again the only Gran Turismo Five that existed for two and a half years. Had 76 cars, uh, six tracks, four four of them real and two of them fictitious, with about 12 different layouts. And it also included this great documentary called Beyond the Apex. Legendary game creator Kazunori Yamauchi is working until the last minute to fine-tune each car before GT5 Prologue makes its official debut. 
Such attention to detail is what made Gran Turismo the industry standard, with over 47 million copies shipped worldwide. I think that attention to detail is also why it was delayed for I, years. I know. I, I, just, I, I picture him with a cigarette in his mouth turning toward the camera going, Turismo was a mistake. I, He's got a microphone up to the glove box to get all the details. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I got to make sure it latches appropriately. Make sure that seatbelt snaps back in the same way. It's I, I, be I, one I just one. want to give Polyphony Digital credit. Like They are amazing feats. Yeah. Of something yeah. I don't want to do. They're they're but, amazing, uh, amazingly deep tech demos. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But like I think uh, there were some YouTube videos before, but I remember watching that, and that you, it shows how much goes into when they like bring a car into the game. It's a fucking exhausting process. Yeah, uh, it, it makes really me is. wonder. With this, did the success of three A spec set them up to be something they actually never planned on being or were? Like when you look at these games and what they actually are. These are Microsoft Flight Simulator. Just yeah, as I was car that earlier today. Yeah, this is like yeah. this is the the car equivalent of Microsoft Flight Simulator. The, these are simulator games through and through and through, and we treat them like big racing franchises, like Need for Speed and shit, because three was sort of marketed that way. It's like this is Sony's big racing franchise, but it really is. It's a sim franchise at its yeah. core. I, I think, you know? but it's always been a relative. I don't want to say simple a texture because even like. Come on, we're, we're we, Matt and I at least are pretty decent Forza fans. I get bored as fuck when every E3 Microsoft trots out another Forza trailer, and like we know you, these car shots look pretty in your demo reel. And Gran Turismo was and still sort of is like fun to look at, and, and like a, a, yeah. a huge property. And it was I, I can see why you'd want that in every one of your sizzles. But like the game, the games, yeah, Gran Turismo games are like tech demos for new Microsoft platforms. When there's yeah, but, but up until like, three, they came out every two years, and now there's two years in between yeah. the demo, oh, the, the, the premium demo, and the game. The, the wild thing to me is that okay, so yeah, two and a half years between the premium demo and the game. Guess when Gran Turismo six comes out? Uh, three, three years later. Three right? years two and later. Years right. Later. Yeah. Twenty thirteen. Yeah. And then the next numbered entry is Gran Turismo 7, which came out this year. So that was nine years. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they had had sport on PS4. We're going to get to sport. Like, I'm still confused what sport is because of these weird free things. Was sport just a VR demo? Because remember, there was like that Gran Turismo VR thing that came out with PlayStation VR and like... Was sport... Did they charge people for sport? Like... Yes. I I don't remember. I believe they did. I don't either. Why Why didn't they just number it seven? And I think that was sort of the infuriating part before I'm going to guess another game we're going to talk about. It, these were like 40 bucks. And yeah. it, like $40 and like, yeah, games are 60 bucks, but like this is a taste of what yeah. we're supposed to be getting for 40 yeah. bucks. So again, to, to underline just how much of a taste, reminder, Prologue had 76 cars and six tracks. Gran Turismo 5 had 1,074 cars. And that's why it took so long. Yeah, yes. 31 tracks with 81 different layouts total. Wow. Yeah, it's... Um, Damn. It, what's wild is the sales. If you follow the sales of the series, it's like it peaked at 3A spec, like you would imagine. Like, I, I'm looking here. According to Wikipedia, ar- around 15 million units. That's, that's a lot. That's incredible. Four uh, had uh, about 12 million, you know, 11.7 million units. Five actually had decent sales. I I would have thought they dropped because of the weird you know stuff yeah. between and all that. But it was it was it had been long enough where they they, they sold almost twelve million units. 
But when you have that three-year gap from five to six, six, the, the drop is huge. It goes from 12 million units, six sold five million units total. That is a that is an insane drop in a franchise from one one version to the next. And I, I think remember. part of it was is like six was more of everything because six had like 1,200 cars, mm-hmm. more track layouts and stuff. But it was three years later. So I would imagine people just said, well, I'm, I'm good. I, I have five and five has all this stuff. Like I don't need 1,200 I mean, like, cars. Look what Forza does when a new one comes out. They're like, goodbye for Horizon 3. It's What do you need this one for now? We have a better version. But in many ways, I bet they're doing what Forza Horizon does this is like they're just building on the last version. Like they're reusing cars from the last version and stuff like that. And so at least with Forza or Forza Horizon, at least they move it to new locales. And so they're able to market that like, hey, this one's Australia. This one's Mexico. And it's all the same thing. You know, kind of going back to topic from last episode. I remember five being a pack in in some bundles for the ps3 yeah yeah probably because at probably. the time it was the only ps3 i could find was it was packed in with grand Turismo 5 i was like well i guess i'm getting grand Turismo 5 so oh, yeah yep. it was just in the box with it yeah there was like so I, I had a weird experience about thing you know speaking of things that aren't packed in with ps3 like i thought i had this and i was like looking for it and tried to play and it's like oh i wonder if it's online not only can you not buy prologue it's no no longer listed on the psn store for ps3 mm-hmm. You can't buy five. You can't buy six. You can't get HD concept. They right, are yeah. all completely gone from the store. It's it, because they're, it's it's behaving like a live game. Mm. If you want to go back to Counter Strike, you know, point six, modders are going to have to make that happen because officially it has no reason to exist or be sold. Why would we sell my, this? My board? guess was oh. more the licensing. I like was going to say licensing with all like those. Uh, which Forza did they too? just have to take down recently? Not, it wasn't a Horizon. It was, I think it was Forza was it, was 6. Was it 4? It was surprising. 4 or 7? Yeah, I'm, I'm sure just licensing the cars for these games must cost like, you know, more money than any of us will see in our entire lifetimes combined. It's, it's ridiculous. Yeah. And if you, I love bringing that up because I forget when it was sort of unveiled that EA had tried to pull a Madden with Porsche and had kind of bought the rights to Porsches yeah. in games but yeah. but Porsche wouldn't allow the exclusivity but they have to pay EA for licensing temporary licensing uh, for Porsches uh, so. I do remember in other non EA racing games Porsches were always like a separate pack you yes. had to buy if you were going to get them in the game yeah because EA had bought out like no no it's ours but like Porsches like why would we not want our car to be in a racing game what the fuck uh, <laughs> it's ridiculous yeah yeah, yeah. So yeah, my my Fucking my main memory whenever I think of Gran Turismo Five is at being at an E3 conference and them talking for a while about the Nurburgring, which is this track in Germany where everybody goes out and puts graffiti on it, and the graffiti we we've had to like go back and fo- rephotograph it every year to to make sure that the graffiti's up to date. And like, is this why you're delaying the game? <laughs> and I, I know it's not. That was that was an immature thought, <laughs> but I couldn't help. It's like this is what you're I mean, dragging like, like, your heels for. You know, I was talking to a friend's kid, and, like, the dude, he's nine. The dude loves simulators, you know, because he's a little mm-hmm. kid. I can't fucking farm, <laughs> drive a train. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I like Sims. Yeah. And, like, and, and, and there's Gran Turismo, I think, in a weird way, is, like, caught in an alternate universe. It should be a consistently updated Steam product and is stuck in this fucking limbo of being a Sony thing. And... It should be a constantly updated thing. Like, like not unlike even Forza, which is box copies, you know, SKUs. But, like, every year and a half, two years, there's an update, a massive update to Forza. And Turismo doesn't have that. And I think 
it's a big Sony first party product, but like you can't treat it like a mainline Mario game because in between <laughs> in between Mario Odyssey are like six thousand re releases and remasters, and Turismo doesn't have that at all. And people forget this this franchise exists. Uh, the big they, well, they tried this one with seven, and unfortunately, I think they implemented it incorrectly. Like they, this was the one they were going to try microtransactions, yeah. and they were charging way too much per car. They were doing it right out the box, where it's like, hey, if you're going to do new car packs, like wait a little while. Look what Forza does, you yeah. know? Like give, give what, it, give it a little what time. Train Simulator does. You have like two hundred dollar pieces of train based DLC that come out down the line and support your live infrastructure with what should. Gran Turismo should appeal to a small audience. It shouldn't be a mass market game. The, these games feel like they should be huge in Europe, like the yeah. F1 games, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, by yeah. the way, Chris, if I pay your nine-year-old friend to come over for like 10 bucks a week, can he mow my lawn in Lawn Mowing Simulator? The big <laughs> simulator for <laughs> He loves Lawn Mowing Simulator. <laughs> that game is... It is, it is such There's a Lawn Mowing Simulator. <laughs> it's, I, I'm not, I shouldn't be surprised. Isn't that what they tried to sell the, uh, the Gizmondo with? Or Gizmodo... Gizmodo. Yeah, no, Gizmodo's the website, right? Gizmodo's yeah. the website. Yeah. Oh, fuck. Okay. No, you're right. Okay. <laughs> I can yeah, we both got that flip. Okay, Giz- yeah. Gizmondo was oh. the the handheld that was made by Swedish mafiosos. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Which one can you get at GameStop versus reading about on GameSpot? That's yeah. what I want oh, to know. Terrible. Terrible. <laughs> um, let's move along before I die of embarrassment. Number three. Headshot. Oh, cheap shot. I'm going down. You can't. Kill the zombie jock. No way. That was a headshot. I am a super zombie. Well, I'm a superhero. Can't argue with that. Zombie down. Uh, is this ringing any bells for anybody? I know what it is. I downloaded it, never played it. This is um The Awesome Adventures of Captain Spirit, yeah, which is this free is standalone Life is Strange game. Yeah, which is it's weird because it's it's the only one I think that doesn't have the words Life is Strange on it anywhere. Oh. And it it's but yeah, it's it's a free standalone game and it's about this little boy named Chris, aka Captain Spirit. Yeah. And the game kind of fools you into thinking he has powers, but then it always very quickly reveals, like, you know, he holds out his hand and, like, this toy spaceship starts to shake and levitate. And then the camera pulls back and you see he's just moving it with his other hand. Stuff like, or, like, you know, turns off the TV with his mind powers, but he's holding the remote behind his back. Stuff like that. Mm. But it's it's really all about his imagination. And uh, he's, you know, kind of... By himself on a Saturday, his his dad's in there, but uh, his dad wants to watch a basketball game and drink. So you're trying to help this kid live his superhero fantasies and put together a costume for himself and find out where his dad hid his confiscated firecrackers and a bunch of other fun stuff like that. Oh, shit. And it takes maybe a little under two hours to play through. And it is, yeah, totally self-contained, not episodic. And it does set up and tie into events in Life is Strange 2. I was wondering, okay. But it's not evident how until the very end. Oh, yeah. Okay. Boil it, Michael. Do it! Nah, it's, you know, it's free. People can go play it if they want. Um, Life is Strange, by the way, the franchise Square decided to keep. (laughs) I still find that. Really? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, they did. It's because they don't own Don't Nod, right? I don't, I don't think, think so. so. 
it's and, it's as their part of that announcement was like anything that's a third party developer they'll continue to publish uh, and so mm, they, yeah. it was they were selling developers that were associated with those. I IPs, would speculate having worked at a Japanese company because they're European and Europeans get to have better relationships with Japan because they don't have to show up six hours early for work or stay six hours late. <laughs> <laughs> just yeah, just true. the time thing. Okay, mm-hmm. that makes sense actually. Uh, but the yeah, you you do make uh, choices while playing as this character. For example, you can have him play with his action figures and decide if this villain is going to be let go or destroyed. And here's the destroy choice. No, you can't do that to me. I'm just a puppet. Then let's cut your strings. No, don't. I give up. I. Android, help me, Master! You can't kill me! You said you don't kill people! Ah. Good job, but we still have to deal with Mantroid. It kind of has that sort of improvised, <laughs> cringy quality. I, uh, it's that, that heavy rain quality, <laughs> dare I say. Jason! Jason! Mm-hmm. Yeah, Jason. I am a... I'm a European pretending to be American with big hamburger. Yes. Ah, <laughs> uh, my father got flared to gun range in mailbox. Wonder if gun tragedy is part of the story. I love that every one of these becomes Yakov Shmirnov. It's <laughs> our sole frame of reference for Russian accents. Life is strange. What can you do? Oh, look. I will say that is probably one of the most realistic parts of the games. One of my favorite things to walk in on is when my kids are doing that, when they're just playing and they don't know that anyone's around mm. or listening. Like, they will do that stuff. And it's, it's just like, I just love to hear what they come up with. And like, yeah, it's, I remember doing that as a kid. And it's like, you're you're there by yourself, but you're talking out loud because you're voicing all the characters in front of you with your action figures or dolls, or whatever, whatever you want to call them, guys. Matt, like, yeah, I have the fine. exact same relationship with my cat and it's exactly the same as being a parent. Right, it, right. It, yeah. But yes... Wow, you really got like 20 minutes of fun out of a fucking banana. Good for you. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, this this being a Life is Strange game, uh, darker things are at work behind the scenes and uh, just below the kids' level of comprehension. Uh, and, you know, you, you get telegraphed that pretty early on. Oh, since it's Saturday, are we going to get a Christmas tree? You said we could get a real pine. Yes, I did. And yes, we are. But I just want to watch the game before we go, okay? But you always fall asleep. <laughs> I won't today. And if I do, just wake me up and we'll go. Promise. Okay. You promise? I do. Don't break that promise because he falls promise. asleep because of drinking. Ah, look, oh. buddy, the drinking and the sleep is the only thing that makes the voices stop, all right? <laughs> so, uh... The voices are the voice acting. Uh, <laughs> I can't stop speculating as to why Square wanted to keep this and nothing else, but I, I think a lot of it has to do with... <clears throat> I, I, I started to feel with, about the Life is Strange franchise the same way I started feeling about Telltale games. Mm-hmm. Like, this mm-hmm. is yeah. a lot, and they're all kind of the same, and I just don't have the interest in time to do this. However, like, in a Game Pass world, the idea that, like, there are... 16 pieces of Life is Strange to sell or like license to streaming services as opposed to three Tomb Raiders. And these make, by the way, like 
to, in my opinion, perfect sense for for those subscription services, yeah. like those little like story yeah. type games or whatever, because you can do them. You can go back to doing them episodically, and it's like, yeah. yeah, I would care. Like if oh oh, the new episode popped into my quote unquote free. We know it's not really free, but my my subscription feed, like absolutely, I'd, yeah. I'd play those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I might have spent more time with them um, mm-hmm. had that happened. Mm-hmm. And even this, like, I couldn't find the time to play just because. I don't like walking, talking simulators. Uh, yeah, it, I mean, these remind me. You mentioned uh, Telltale, but it's it's also very Quantic Dream, mm-hmm. and it's like once yeah. once I've done a couple of those, it's like I don't. I have to psych myself up for these games. Like I don't know that I have the energy to sit there and watch one long cutscene today. Like, sorry, I, I've always I've always found they worked best. Like, I'm too drunk to play a real game. I don't want to watch TV. <laughs> what about a series of short cutscenes where he does things like shovel the walk or washes dishes? Oh, uh, I, I was expecting <laughs> a clip. Right here. Here. <laughs> That's what I thought too. I was expecting a clip right there. No, no, I've run through all my clips for this one. <laughs> Such a good setup, too. Yeah, it, w- it right. would have been. Maybe, maybe I'll add one in post. Don makes I- grease pay. Yeah, but just like th- this isn't. Uh, <laughs> Like this came out. Who has uh, a Dawn commercial <laughs> reference just right there in their pocket, ready to go? Fucking Dawn. For uh, for whatever reason, I thought that Life is Strange two came out much later than this, but there was only a three month gap between the games. Yeah. So this came out uh, June twenty fifth, twenty eighteen. Life is Strange two started September twenty sixth. Yeah, same year. Um, I want to say this was an E three announcement. Like this will be available to download for free. Today. Go grab it now yeah, or that soon or whatever. Familiar. And it makes it because when we talk about like freemium models, I, I think after people have maybe played a Telltale game or Life is Strange game, kind of the only way to get a ton of people in is to give the first episode away for free. Yeah, you yeah. get people who haven't discovered the series yet, or people who want to rediscover the series. But for me, it's always been like less exciting compared to everything else. Just going to point out that's also the drug dealer model. Yep. Yes, <laughs> the yes, first yes. taste is free. <laughs> well, they do it because it works. Damn it! Get them young. Prey <laughs> on the vulnerable. First, it's free. Uh, anyway, but yeah, this this is this is free. It's still pretty good. It's out there if you want a story intensive experience about a somewhat sad, lonely little boy with a very active imagination. Go go check it out on the platform of choice, and maybe it'll entice you to play Life is Strange 2 afterward. But in the meantime, we should move along to... Number 2. Ten days ago, we got reports that Poss was still alive. She survived. She was rescued by a Belizean fisherman who found her drifting in the Caribbean. So what's the plan? Silence her before we're compromised? No. I've got something else in mind. Our friends at Cypher suspect Pos could be a double agent. She's being held for interrogation at a camp on the southern tip of Cuba. Black site. Nice. A slice of American pie on communist soil and out of U.S. legal jurisdiction. Hmm. Slip in some political comments. If you play any more Kiefer Sutherland, we are going to have to pay a royalty. Can't, can't <laughs> uh, this is Ground Zeroes. Metal, mm-hmm. Yeah, Metal, Metal Gear, Gear Solid, Solid 5, 5 Ground, Ground Zeroes. Zeroes. Metal Gear. I think I, it's it's when this model became the most controversial because unlike yes. Gran Turismo, yeah. like everybody was, most mainstream gamers were looking forward to the next Metal Gear game and the idea that this was a $40 demo, which isn't fair because like it's really long for well, a demo. It's, 
it's about maybe like a, again a little under two hours. Oh, oh I through. think you could put like hours and hours into this. Well, you can. you can, you can, you can. Yeah. Let me get to that. It's a little, a little under two hours to play through the story, mm-hmm. like the the main story of the game, which sets up Metal Gear Solid Five. And I feel like it's a necessary, you know, block. You, maybe you maybe don't need it, but it helps understand like how things got to this state. Yeah. And then there hmm. are a bunch of side activities that are added after that that give you a reason, like go back into the base at various times of day with different objectives. And it's like, oh, yeah, hunt down these two guys. Uh, they were named Glaz and Palitz, and they were a sniper spotter team that was in Vietnam, and we've been paid off by their victim, <laughs> the families of their victims to kill them. The Ukrainian right. henchmen of Rudy Giuliani. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's very much the model that, like, Hitman took later on when yeah. they were doing those episodic yeah. levels, because it pretty much is just a giant level that becomes a playground for yeah, you later it, on. Yeah, it is. And then I, I think, you know, maybe you can get an additional two to four hours out of the, the side stuff, and, and from there on, it's just like... How much do you want to play in this clockwork open world and, and just sort of like push against it to see what it, it'll react with? Like it's a toy at a certain point. I, I, That's the thing. I feel like the, the reception was a little more positive after it came out because like yeah. it was fun to fuck around in. Well, mm-hmm. I think people were, were immediately comparing it to the Metal Gear Solid 2 demo, yeah. the ship demo. Except right? they only yeah. had to pay for that because it came with Zone of the Enders. Right. You got At least you got a game with that one. Yeah. <laughs> a game you probably didn't want, but yeah. you, you got another exactly. game. But but no, it, it's – um, and it's sort of a fair comparison because there was a lot of gameplay in that demo. But I so want to be a fly on the wall in the boardrooms like, how did this come about? Yeah. Was this Konami saying – You've been dicking around on five too much. We need to put something out and make some money on this. Was this more Kojima saying, I have some stuff that's proof of concept. I want to basically test it publicly in this demo form. Like, I, was this a marketing play? Like, let's get people really excited. Because if you guys remember, the whole marketing campaign for five was confusing as fuck. Like the trailers and all that shit and the Phantom Pain and like, Tell he wouldn't world. admit it was Metal Gear Solid five until he did. And it's like, all of this My- was so confusing. Michael... You, I wasn't there. I was. It was either E3 or PAX. Mm-hmm. I think this was announced with a Metal Gear anniversary event, okay. and and I think that were you. I can't remember if you were there or not. I, I wasn't, but I was in the city where it was happening. But I think Matt, maybe that could have been it because the game wasn't going to make it the 25th anniversary of Metal Gear, but they had created this mm. logo and this campaign for like. Celebrating yeah. Metal Gear and, and, and the the Fox engine that was like a big accomplishment. Look at this whole new game engine we make. We can do yeah. so yeah. much with this. He won't. Uh, <laughs> I think the logo they, was in the game, wasn't it? It was in Ground Zeroes. I yeah. Believe. Well, they, yeah. they 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 the Fox engine was used to make this Metal Gear Solid Five. I believe Metal Gear Survive, and then I think one of the Pro Evolution Soccer games. Hell yeah! That's where right. it belongs. <laughs> That's oh, right. Wow. Yeah. Where it belongs, it like Solid how, Snake what, doing what, a bicycle kick. Yeah. <laughs> it's like how EA has that one, uh, I forget, like Snowborn or something engine yeah, the that they engine. had to use for, for FIFA games and then and uh, Battlefield. Mm. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Was, there any, was there anything that you got from Ground Zeroes that, because I didn't play Ground Zeroes, but oh, man, if, you jumped, if you jumped into 5 and didn't play Ground Zeroes, was, was there anything specific like in this game, like story-wise yeah, that you missed or anything? I, well, I want to say that like, you know, if you grabbed certain operatives they would show up uh at your your mother base in, oh really uh in, in five? five i could be wrong about i don't that. i think that might have you, been promised but maybe i don't think you can fulton through. people in ground zeros you can't can fulton them but what you can do is call in your chopper 
and dump their incapacitated bodies into it and, the, right. and then not get in yourself and the chopper will take them away. I mean, that, that's I what I thought, that. like, Japanese companies sort of embracing, like, that playable vertical slice that then... <sighs> Nintendo still does this more than, I think, Microsoft and Sony, where they'll release a demo of a game where when it finally comes out and if you buy it, you have unlocked a bunch of progress already. Your progress goes, transfers over. Yeah. And that, that, that never became super popular in the industry, but I kind of liked it. Especially when, like, all they have to do to whet our appetite is a pre-order. And, like, you know, fuck that. I don't care about exclusive game skins. But, like, let me play, like, four hours of this early and not have to redo it when the game comes out. Okay. That's pretty neat. And, uh, but I was just shocked that Grand, or this, <laughs> Metal Gear, I, th- this... You didn't get a discount for buying the Metal Gear Five after this. What I think was that what? was the controversy: is the price. I, I, you said forty. I want to say I, it was thirty, like but 30? It's, either way, it was too expensive. Yeah, it was thirty. It was thirty at launch and later pushed down to twenty. I, either way, I feel like if they had just started by charging twenty, no one would have talked about it because there yeah. was definitely twenty dollars worth of value in there. But like, okay, yeah. it was, yeah, yeah. I, I, and I, like, I want to say on a personal level, I don't really mind. The practice, as long as the price is okay. Yeah. Like, I'm not... I, I shouldn't have yeah. to subsidize your failure as a company, Square and Konami. <laughs> but, I'm, but I'm more than happy to, like, put a little money up front to actually play something before the full game is out. Mm-hmm. And uh, But I just remember the reception on this being, like, not terrible. It, the, the announcement was derided. Mm-hmm. I, I was working at a publisher at the time, and everybody was like, what the fuck? Can you imagine if we did that? Jesus uh, Can you imagine you this? They still charge twenty dollars for this game. Wow. Still, full wow. price. This game is twenty. You could probably in the get the complete edition of Metal Gear Solid Five that I believe includes this for less than twenty. Yeah, oh, I was going to say the sure. definitive experience has this and Phantom Pain in it, and I've seen the definitive experience on sale for like six bucks sometimes on. Oh yeah, PSN. oh yeah, super so, cheap. So get that. It's the best of all worlds, and uh, yeah, Ground Zeroes also gave. The game industry, this lingering bit of weirdness. Bob, there's... It's all right, we got it out. There's another... There's a bomb in her... Oh... (laughs) implied it's in her vagina yes which kojima like metal gear has like that that's a recurring theme for some reason (laughs) like hinting that women are hiding things in their privates like uh i think there's a line from meryl like she she has like this disc and gives it to snake and it's like how did you how did you keep this on you when you got captured she's like women have more hiding places than men wait how how, michael how long was the release of Ground Zeroes and Phantom Pain. So Ground Zeroes came out in March on March 18th of 2014. Oh, I guess it was actually pretty long. Metal Gear Solid 5 Phantom Pain came out September 1st, 2015. So, yeah, uh, yeah, about like a year and six months. But that was even longer because I remember all the bullshit that happened before Phantom Pain actually came out. Like, this was like Konami was basically... And I don't know the story. And again, I want to know the story. They were yeah. basically pushing Kojima out the door when, yeah. when yeah. Phantom Pain came out. He, it was he like... He had been gone already. Like, yes. Yes. It, and so that was a long year. You're like, wait, is 
is the full game ever going to come out or are we only going to get ground zeros i and same thing by the way we only got pt we didn't get fucking silent hill yep, so yep. it could have been we're, a thing we're you know? coming up on the 10 10 year anniversary of kind of the last bit of kojima in a metal gear franchise like the metal gear essentially being over for 10 years and i just can't believe it i mean i hate to say it, we really only got two acts of metal gear solid five yeah. Let's they, they insist it's finished i am skeptical yeah 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 no, that yeah. that game ended too abruptly to be totally complete yeah. yes and the ending is really just playing through missions again to do mm-hmm. different stuff it's yeah. like no no, nah. no no this is nah. call bullshit mm-hmm. uh, anyway but what... it's more than two acts i think they're yeah. it's literally just missing the ending it, it's like mm-hmm. it's like halfway through the third act it cuts off it's the mm-hmm. weirdest fucking thing but i i also appreciate that like so if you played peace walker and spent a bunch of time building up your mother base you might have oh, hoped to base. see it in the sequel and get to, to play in it like fully realized 3d and you don't get that chance you have to start over and cause kazuhiro miller feels your pain they played us like a damn fiddle <laughs> give it back this isn't right that was ours we built it, damn it! Yeah, we spent hours building that thing. Come on! Save my progress to the cloud, goddammit! <laughs> <laughs> it's okay, you can play David Bowie songs when you land your helicopter. That's true. Well, better. covers of David Bowie songs. That's, that's right. Even weirder than the original. hidden in the game. <laughs> <laughs> I, want the, I want the covers from the Life Aquatic. I want the ones in Portuguese. Oh, yes, I love those. Oh, anyway, what could possibly be number one? Let's find out. Number one. No, Daddy, no! Nobody likes shots, honey. But it's very important that you get this. Daddy, I don't like shots. You won't have to take another one for a long time. A whole 12 hours. Maybe we'll run out. Oh, maybe you will. Maybe that'll drive the plot. What is this? Dead Rising oh. 2. Oh. Right? Yeah. Yep. Case Zero. Yep. Case and Zero, thank I, you. I wrestled with this. I was originally going to have this at number two because I love Ground Zeroes. But I think in terms of value for money, this mm. also gives yeah. you a little open world to play around with with close to two hours of content. And it costs five bucks. It was five bucks. I remember yeah. that. And I got yeah. it on sale last night for 99 cents. Yeah. Wow. I remember it being just like a steal. I also want to say, it like, if ever, you guys this remember is, the yeah, original. Dead Rising to Case Zero. Case Zero. Case Zero. This was the, because there was also Case West, which came out later. Yeah. Which mm-hmm. was a basically reimagining of Dead Rising 2 with Frank instead of Okay, Chuck. we'll put the character you like back in yes, the Yes, exactly. I liked I liked the character from two. He was fine. You know, biker blonde guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but sure. He always, has a name. But it's that's always what I risky when you switch from one character to another. It's true. It's true. Yeah. And they and they brought Frank back for three. So mm-hmm. or actually for four. Four. Right? Yeah. Four. Okay. Four. But I I remember. So the original Dead Rising obviously had the weird time looping mechanic stuff, which actually I think kind of makes that game. But you know, it pissed people off because there was stuff you could miss. Yeah, they treated and they scaled that way back in two. But I think didn't Case Zero have a lot of that time looping shit as well, or it was just such a short experience you could play through it. It was on a much shorter timetable. I think it was like yeah, it was maximum twelve hours that you would be playing, and 
like the 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 timing kind of makes more sense because you find out that like well not only do you have to administer this dose in 12 hours but uh the army's also coming to reinforce this checkpoint that's been completely overrun by the undead so uh you need to reassemble pieces of a motorbike that you found lying around in this small town and uh, get out of there before the army comes and quarantines your little girl. And along the way, you'll meet a bunch of other survivors and uh, bring them back to the gas station where you're holed up. And uh, there's there's just like a lot of opportunities for running around and bashing in zombie heads. And you get to craft a bunch. Of, you get to play around with the crafting, which was a, a huge part of two, where you're you're combining things to make new weapons. For example, uh, the drill bucket, which is a couple drills sticking into a bucket that you then put on zombie heads. It's fun. Uh, and, and I believe any, anything that you discovered the recipe for would carry over into Dead Rising 2 once you started playing it. Uh, along with any levels that so you you could basically just grind a bunch of levels uh, and get a head start on Dead Rising too. Um, when, when isn't that where it gets that. confusing? Because this this is Xbox exclusive initially, yes. mm-hmm. right? Oh, by the way, before people you know write in angry notes, we understand Dead Rising Two Case West was the DLC. Yes, off the record was the remake of Two with, oh, the, with the new hero. That's right. Yeah, that's right. You're right. You're right. I I got them confused. My bad. Um, but yeah, Case Zero came out August 31st, 2010. Dead Rising 2 came out less than a month later, September 28th. Good game. Yeah. I, it might, it might be my later. favorite Dead Rising to date, honestly. Oh, really? Like I, I played Two? the most of that one. Dang. Hmm. I, I thought I, three I, was kind of boring. I really liked four, but I just didn't play it long enough. Yeah. Three was kind of one of those, you know, it's, it's a launch game. It's very tech demo-y and yeah, less yeah, compelling yeah. than the, the last couple. Do you remember the, the, like... I really want to do a laser time about the dumbest controversies on the internet. And there was so much anger over this, like, wait a minute, is Dead Rising 2 going to hit PS3? I'm an Xbox fan. Like, shut the fuck up. God, you people are terrible. <laughs> God, I forgot terrible. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> and I it mean, it like, came to the platform more people had. Like, way more people had Xbox 360s well, I mean, than I, PS3s. Sure. So it's... Xbox ponied up some dough to make sure it got there to begin with, and the PS3 didn't exist when the first Dead Rising came out. Yeah. But and, that that was, you know, going back a while, like the first big one that I remember was uh, Devil May Cry uh, 4 was originally going to be PS3 yes. exclusive. Yep. And then they're like, no, it's going to be on Xbox 2. And like, ah, no, I'm canceling my pre-orders. Like, what is what good does Sorry. it do you to not buy the PS3 version because people with the 360 Sign this petition play. to guarantee Xbox owners don't get Devil May Cry yeah. 4. Like, what is oh, wrong with God. you? What a waste of time. <laughs> yeah, and, and honestly, uh, having played that game a couple times, it's not worth the hassle. Do all I want to feel good about my multi-hundred dollar purchase, Chris. I want them to affirm that I spent my money wisely. That's all. <laughs> Vindicate me in my wallet. Do it. Yes. I, I, I get it. It's just like, I, like you know, I can't buy every console that comes out either to this day, but like, I know I'm going to get them eventually. It's fucking fine. What is wrong with a multi-platform release? And, and Dead Rising was like this, this rising fucking franchise. And, mm-hmm. and, you know, having a little insight into Capcom, it was like, Western developed, so it was like free of, you know, certain Japanese nonsense, and and and, and that's why it received 
more versions of itself within those years, even though the studio doesn't exist anymore, I believe. Hmm. Um, yeah, they closed it. Yeah, they closed it. Blue down. Sky. Were they in uh, Vancouver or were they in Seattle? They were up in yeah, the they were in Canada. somewhere, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, and 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 Dead Rising was uh, man, like the only thing. The only thing I think they might have made a misstep on is I watched my ex, who is a dead. She claims to be a Dead Rising fan, play Dead Rising, and it's just like you know she's not totally a core gamer. She could fuck around, just fucking around in this game. She could just do that endlessly, like mm-hmm. never get to mm-hmm. a checkpoint, never institute another mission, just keep fucking around, crafting stuff. This is a pretty meaty experience. If someone bought this for five bucks and loved it, I'm not sure like you can convert that into a $60 sale in a few months because mm-hmm. like you can mm-hmm. still keep playing this exactly like you could the regular Dead Rising. You know, back in the day, mm-hmm. like uh, the beginning of my video game career, we used to talk about that with games that were targeting kids is yeah. you're like, um, will they know the difference between the demo and the full version, you know, or, or will their parents just download the, them, them the demo and Why they'll be you happy get the $5 with the version instead of the $60 version. And yeah. like, you yeah. know, this seems fine. Uh, cause I never really saw a model like this exist ever again. That's why I think it kind of worthy the number one spot because like it is, yeah. uh, it's a wet your appetite, but it's the, it's the meatiest premium demo there's ever been. It feels ballsy. It's it's like the mm. audacity. <laughs> Where, where's the clip? Well, play, play the, the audacity <laughs> of charging for your demo, but because it's original story and outside the story of the main game, it's like okay, and then, you know, that makes sense, you know. But like it's prequel DLC, pre DLC. Like that is, mm-hmm. we were still barely wrapping our heads around the idea of paid DLC in that generation. The fact that someone is experimenting, like. What if we did it before the game comes yeah, out? It's like, if, fuck you, what? If, if games could be made faster and cheaper, this would be the model on how everything worked. There would be a small 10-hour, $5 slice that would then command bigger and more later on. But like game games like this are a much larger financial resource-intensive commitment. And I, I wish everything worked like this. I really you do. know, I was trying to think of the equivalent entertainment business model, and I think I came up with it. And this is something that doesn't exist anymore because the music industry is broken. This, to me, would be like the cassette single. Yeah, yeah. Back in the day, before an album came yeah. out, you would just buy the one song you like, and it's it might a have single. a B-side. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or the, the, the SoundCloud sensation. Yeah. Like, oh, shit, I would buy a whole album of it. Yeah, or the, mm-hmm. the, the, the 45, to go back even further, the single yeah. records yeah. how old do you think i am jesus uh, my age <laughs> yeah you never had to put That's that right. like a uh, adapter into your fucking record player yeah, i did like i did i love those things they were amazing so weird yeah. look yeah, they're, it's the only way my fucking one. disney's electrical light parade record is playing on that record player i had chris all right it's just by the way what serial killers hear in their head all the time <laughs> the electric like music. that album was dope you've seen that album right like it, the whole thing is art it's just artwork on the top yeah. of the record because vinyl can do that doesn't it was it a real big fish looks. cover that song it is fucking awful I was just going to say, I had to use one of those things if I wanted to play my uh, little golden record version of Indiana Jones and the, or Raiders of the Lost Ark <laughs> yes. on, uh, <laughs> on a regular record player. Fuck yeah, dude. I mean, if you want to bridge the gap, we had the CD player portable disc with the cassette thing to 
Google it, kids. Ask your that parents. That is fucking witchcraft. I still don't know how that works. The fact that you can plug a different media format into a tape deck mm. and it somehow translates your digital CD file. That's it is bullshit. a minor miracle, that stupid yeah. fucking thing. And I had it's it wild. forever. Oh, yeah. Diana still has it. And worse. I know. Never broke. We were talking about it. <laughs> always worked, by the way. They, like, you never had to pull it out yeah. and like, blow on the fucking nope. fake. It was a fake cassette. Worked. You were giving your car a decoy and telling I mean, it to read this Do you understand thing? how emulation works? And you have this $8 Radio Shack accessory transferring digital music into a fake spool of tape and tricking your goddamn <laughs> Ford Bronco 2 from 1989 <laughs> into playing Saved it. a bunch Holy of poor shit. kids from buying a CD player for their car <laughs> oh, yeah. for years yeah. in high school. I mean, I, I feel like I like more so than like texting while driving. I almost got in an accident like eleven thousand times <laughs> from having a discman balanced in my lap <laughs> as I blasted it through a tape adapter. Way oh, too many fall. cables. Way too many cables. Then is safe in a car like that. Don't Just fall. Fucking... I can't hear the get up kids skip. <laughs> I wouldn't understand their pain. Ask your parents, kids. Ask your parents. <laughs> yeah. There's no kids that listen to this show. Don't worry. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that's been our top five. Uh, this, was, this was a fun one. Thanks again, Dave, for the idea. This is something that I wish happened more often, even if it was like, yeah, me too. you know, Gran Turismo Prologue and uh, Ground Zeroes, which, again, were the only versions of their respective games for two and a half years and one and a half years, respectively. I mean, imagine if, like, as a pre-order, your 20 to 30 to $40 is a down payment on the full game, mm-hmm. and you get this slice to enjoy six months to a year before it comes out like that's the the promise of early access it's better than a pre-order i don't want a red downloadable cloak for my stupid character and i don't whatever the fuck sonic origins is doing Ooh, just just turn the playgo into a standalone thing and let me play that well you talk about early access i mean i guess that has what that's what replaced this model is we'll give you the full game as it exists today, and we're just going to mm-hmm. keep making it better. And uh, I personally don't enjoy that. I'd, I'd rather wait till the game is done, like I, one I, of the I'm games in our too. new release list. Yeah. But, uh, I'm with uh, you as well, but I, I, I feel like I, I played a couple Square or RPG demos that were just like, yeah, pre-order and you can play like the first couple hours and the progress will carry over when it finally comes out. And like, Nintendo, even the 3DS, the Switch the, was doing it a lot, and like it kind of doesn't happen that much anymore. The last Hyrule Warriors game on Switch did, yeah. It. If you if you played the demo, uh, and it was yeah. like if you bought the full game, it carried over. Yeah. Hell, um, I, what's the the new Final Fantasy game that just came out the other month that does it too? Oh, oh the yeah. Origin, yeah. Stranger one? Paradise, Stranger Paradise. Thank you. Yeah. That's the one we can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> chaos. It's all about chaos. Well, fifteen oh. had a bespoke demo that did not appear in the game, but it, it, I don't think they charged for it. Like yeah. it, it, there was shit you could do in that demo that just never appeared in was, the game. Was that the one that you had to buy uh, the PSP port or yeah, Type Zero, or was that the later yeah, one? I think if you bought Type Zero, it came with the demo. That if you played the demo, you had like an exclusive character hmm. that was Horrible. unlocked in the full game. Horrible! <laughs> if you played an HD remake of a PSP game, you can get it. Yeah. stop <laughs> doing that. PS4 yeah. demo, black. I remember because at the time I was curious about FF15 and it, I saw Type Zero. I was like, "What is?" There's a big thing in the corner about Final Fantasy 15 exclusive demo, and I was like, "Hey, it's 15 bucks. Sure, I'll buy. I'll buy this whole other game and play this demo. Why not?" Oh, it, it was a full price game back in the day. Yeah, so like, it was, I was when, fucking when it livid about out. it. But it wasn't one that we'd gotten in the U.S. And when I played it, I saw why. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. 
Um, anyway, on that note, we should probably take a little break. And uh, when we come back, we're going to talk about some news, some new releases, some other stuff. So stay tuned. Get scratching. Would you like exclusive bonus podcast commentaries and more from the Laser Time crew? Then we strongly encourage you to support this show on patreon.com slash laser time. It supports not only this show, but all the rest of the Laser Time Network. You'll get commentaries, play games with the hosts, see exclusive videos first, and receive an uncut weekly ad-free podcast bonus time. Speaking of which, here's a quick taste. No, we're just out of a screening of Spider-Man No Way Home, and I'm here with the most knowledgeable man I know in the field of all things Spider-Man, Chris Baker. How you doing, buddy? Uh, you're too kind. Thank you, Chris. I couldn't get tickets at all for the Thursday screening. As if the Spider-Man tickets sold out real fast, crashed AMC's website. And I asked around, does anybody want to see Spider-Man at 1 p.m. on Friday? <laughs> because it's like, I'm not dodging spoilers again. I'm just not. I'm gonna, I'll am gonna. i go with you again right. on Saturday, whenever you can do it, but I'm going to experience is fresh super important to me and i'm i like that the hype for this movie was like through the roof but when i saw endgame i think it, i was talking to you about it like i didn't the trailer only showed like the first 40 minutes of the movie i had no no idea what oh, yeah, Endgame yeah. was even going to be like, about time travel and all that was like completely left right. out of the I I, yeah. I I read your movie sites and all that stuff but i'm really good at avoiding spoilers but like dude the spider-man stuff just crept over into everything and when I finally walked out of the movie, I'm like, yeah, then the post credit scene, like, that, all of that, all of that was spoiled for me, like, naturally on Facebook. Man, they broke through. I got hit by every spoiler. It was still, it, you need to see it, even if it's been spoiled, certain details have been spoiled for you. Get Bonus Time, a weekly uncensored and commercial-free podcast every Tuesday, starting for just $5 on Patreon.com slash LazerTime. And welcome back to our final segment where we're just going to jump straight. Oh, shit. He missed it that time. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. Trek to Yomi or Shrek to Yogi, as Chris called it last week. <laughs> what? Uh, that was a typo. <laughs> it's pretty good. Um, it is. Hey, boo boo. I'm going to stab this guy with a perfect parry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if you have Game Pass, you have uh, Shrek to Yogi. It is a Western-made game set in Japan. You play as a young samurai named Hiroki, who is the sole defender of this village. And uh, you get drawn away to go fight some bandits, and bad things predictably happen. And uh, you get to go on an adventure of vengeance. It's a game that posits... What if Kurosawa only had really wide-angle lenses? <laughs> Jesus Christ, this yeah, game is pulled I, so I mean, far th- back. Th- that's that's my biggest compliment towards the game. Like it chose to go in black and white and do some really bizarre things with the camera, and it reminds me of how well Wind Waker holds up. It chose a style that will always look cool. It is technically yeah. not technically not impressive, but it is gorgeous and unforgettable. Because the style it chose. Yeah, it, it keeps alternating between, like, it, it uses fixed camera angles. Yes. And uh, it keeps alternating between 2D and, like, f- free-moving 3D where you can explore. 
bits of it kind of reminded me of Fear Effect a little bit, just in like its fixed oh. camera angle, but the <laughs> camera's moving. Uh, and yeah. and then yeah, the the action is pretty good. That uh, you know, you just sla- you have a bunch of different slash combos you can use, and uh, and it relies a lot on parrying. Although I will say, when it cuts out to the wide angle, the pairing oh, yeah. is really tough to get the timing right because you yeah. can barely see what's going on your, with your, your timing is, is based on the a pinpoint flash on the blade of a sword, and when mm-hmm. the further they zoom out, like. Dude, I have a big TV, but if you didn't, this would be impossible. Yeah, I don't think I even master. knew about the flash thing. Like, cause my my big complaint was the combat should be very very precise for this game, but it feels a little too loose. Like, I never yeah. really know. Like, it feels okay, like my it, parry worked that time, but not the other. That's why that's not. what I, yeah. I like. I perfect parry time slowed down, but I could not chain that into the move set. They told me I, I have. I feel like I've. I want to learn the combat, and I haven't been able to successfully do it. But I also haven't been punished for not knowing how to do it, and I've only played like an hour or two. What I, that's what I do actually recommend: play this one on easy. Like I put it on normal, and it's like it just takes twice as many hits to kill the guys and stuff like that. Like if you want a samurai power fantasy game mm-hmm. where you're taking dudes down in one or two slashes and the parry windows wider and stuff, just play it on easy. I think no, that's I, the default. I honestly. want a timing based sword combo game, like a fucking side-scrolling Bushido blade. And, it's not and, that. What I would what I would actually, on normal or above, what I'd compare this to is more like a Super Meat Boy. Like, it becomes a game of, like, mm. there's these checkpoints, there's little shrines along the way that, that are your save points, and it's like, they just throw a lot of enemies at you, and you don't have a ton of health. You can find health upgrades and stamina upgrades, but you don't have a ton, so it just becomes an exercise of, like, okay, well, I have to memorize where the enemies are between these checkpoints and try to kill them all before I die. And if I don't, it's okay because it doesn't really throw me that far back. I'm going to lose maybe a minute or two of my time. That, mm-hmm. That's at the harder difficulties. On easy, you almost never die. So yeah, it's, 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 it's the one weird thing about it is um, you do have to press a button to face in another direction. That so it, keeps it, fucking me up. But yeah. there's also that move where if you hold back on your on your stick because by the way the, michael talked about there's free camera for exploration but combat's always from the side like right, you're, yeah. you're never fighting guys like facing the, the, you know, into the camera or away from it but like um if you so if you're facing a guy and you you know you hold back or like let's say you're facing to the right you hold left on your stick to back up because he's slashing at you or something if you accidentally hit your attack command while you're doing that, it does this move that is meant to spin your blade around to address yeah. the dudes behind you. Yeah. But now I'm basically presented my back to the enemy in this battle because I. But it is great it if there's close. a dude behind you because it, like that's a really powerful attack and can kill them a right. lot faster. But yeah, I keep but accidentally I, I, doing. I was it. playing on on normal and like I I kept feeling the game compensate for what felt like a half baked idea. <laughs> yeah. But, but in terms of presentation, I put this in game of the year category. It's I love that's the why way I say put it on easy. It's so stylish, and this you know, I like I want to see what happens with the kid and his girlfriend and the it's village awesome. and all that stuff. So yeah, it's 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 very it, it, cool. it's awesome. I, I I like this game will look good forever, forever. But the gameplay, I still can't wrap my head around. Like um, yeah, it, it, I know there's a dojo to work out my tutorial or shit, but I'm not dying a lot. I just don't feel like I'm doing the combat well. Here's your finisher. Like, this never works. This never works. Yeah, no matter the, when the I do it. The finisher stuff, like, it, the tells aren't big enough. And I think it's because yeah. the camera's so far. Like, there is a tell, but the camera's so far back. You're like, wait, is he doing the tell? Is he stunned? I can't really and tell. I'm, I'm trying to do it, but I'm saying, like, the game doesn't kill me for it, meaning, like, 
oh, they knew this was a problem. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, stylistically, it's funny you bring up like it. Yeah, it's got this unique style, but I keep seeing cardboard tube samurai. Like I want yeah. the mod where he just has the cardboard tube. Like that to me would be the best version of this. Did game. y'all ever play Way of the Samurai like on PS2? Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah this that, it's different. That that, that's more choose your own adventure. A lot more story stuff. This is straight up action game with some story sequences. Okay, because something about this reminded me of that. I don't know why. It reminds me a little bit of Limbo, too, especially later on, once all the giant spider-legged things show up. Mm. Oh, spoiler. Mm. Uh, but yeah, but just in terms of a tip of the hat to Kurosawa, and I'm in a big Kurosawa mood for some reason. I don't know why. Yeah. Uh, but I loved it. I, I, I can't recommend Trek to Yomi enough, even though it's a flawed game. I don't think it's the best 2D action game on our list this week, though. and and Because there's a lot of those. Oh, yes. Um, we have to revisit one um, that we skipped over when it first came out because it looks so similar to the original. And some listeners like wrote and they're like, "You guys are missing out." I may I may have never been more wrong, and people mm. called me out on this. Yeah, uh, I said this looks like a Newgrounds game, and uh, I maintain it. You know, in terms of like Alien Hominid, it sort of does, but it is technically my favorite genre that exists right now—a dope. <laughs> Roguelite. It well, it, it is actually very like it. It looks simplistic, but it's very well animated and realized two D art. Uh, and have we said the name of the game, which is Rogue Legacy? Rogue, 2. Yeah, Rogue Legacy Two. Um, Rogue and Legacy 2. you know, I kind of was more partial to the look of the first game, which was more pixel arty. And uh, so, the, hey, I'm pixel arty. Uh, yeah, pixel arty. <laughs> I do the pixel art. <laughs> uh, but you know, it, it was very clearly influenced by Symphony of the Night, which this still mm. is. It's it's a very Symphony of the Night, Metroidvania roguelite, uh, where you the the hook is that you are playing as successive generations of a hero. When you die, your uh, one of your three children will take over, and each child. Not only is a randomized class, but uh, also has like a bunch of weird traits, which can be positive or negative. Like they can have dwarfism and be really tiny or hypergonadism, which I think knocks enemies back more. Or some of them are just jokes. Like yeah. you could have a gassy. Yeah. Or they just, farts, just farts, farts, farts all the yeah. time. Or one of them is like always has a spotlight trained on them and the enemies. And it kind of gives the game more of a dramatic feel, but at the same time yeah. makes it harder to see where you're going. What's that thing where you see, are co- you, you see sounds or colors? Like I had one where there was a trail of light uh, behind my guy. Synesthesia? Yeah. Synesthesia. They, synesthesia. There's a synesthesia trait in this game. That, that's my least favorite part about the game. And I know there's a, a perk you can unlock to re-roll. Oh, really? But like not okay, being good. able to choose my preferred class after I've done all this unlocking and shit and like vertigo. I hate everything's upside down. Like I don't yeah. want to do a run like this. That, Fuck no, that, off. That's, that's meant to be a joke that you're like, but it's not fun. It happens well to me all right the time. You can, you can just hate quit it. and do a new, new generation. You can't, like you no can, penalty. you can. But yeah. like, again, my favorite games the last couple of years have been dead cells and Hades. And I don't feel like I can get a good, satisfying run the way I did in Hades in Dead Cells. Not yet. I think it takes mm. more time. We were yeah. talking about, like, I can get pretty far and explore the whole first area, but that first boss yeah. is insanely hard. Still still and, killing me. I think I'm, like, level 40-something now, and he's still stomping me every time. Mm. And the levels are, are dictated by, like, you're building up your castle, which basically unlocks things like additional classes to choose from. Like, the mm. boxer class, hella fun, by the way. If you haven't tried the yeah. boxer class, try the boxer class. Yeah, well, like, but, what, what the, the way yeah. I got you guys to, to play this, like, I had it in my Epic Games library for some reason. I don't remember buying it. 
but I must have at some point, and started playing it. And it's just like, oh my god, this is amazingly fun. And it was like, bad news, guys. This game is fun as shit, and you both have to play it. I got to tell you, I, I forget where I was, but that scared the shitter to me. Michael was just like, bad news, guys. Two minutes. Like, <laughs> yeah. oh my god, what's going to happen here? Right. <laughs> you, you probably bought it during early access, because this is the game I was talking right. about. Like We kind of ignored, because it was early access for a while, and now its official release was this month, and it's like, it paid off. Like, it's an excellent, excellent roguelike. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, I'm, I, this is the game. I played every game, by the way, this week. This is the one that mm. I'm like, I just want to go do another run of Rogue Legacy 2. And that, to me, is a sign of a good roguelike, is when you're just one more run. Like, that's what you want to do. I'm glad Michael pushed me to play it again. Uh, because, like, again, the shit I said about it, the dismissive Newgrounds game, sorry. Sorry, listeners that was Sorry. totally dismissive of a, of, of, a, of a great game but like I, I like there's nothing I wanted to love more than Spelunky and I fucking kind of hate it hmm. it reminded me of Spelunky like yeah. the combat is very punishing and and the, you know when you get hit you lose life and it's really hard to, to find like even the life like the little meat you find to recharge your life barely does anything to that mm. like to me it's more Spelunky I keep me. making the mistake of like so there, there's this one room that will sometimes pop up where it's just like Oh, choose this apple to refill your health, or choose this other one to lose a bunch of health, but you'll gain more to your your maximum HP. Mm -hmm. And if I'm, you know, like, oh, I've barely lost any health at all. Okay, I'll pick the grow your maximum HP one, and then I can't find any health upgrades. Nope, yeah. it seems to adjust that every time I have like you have infinite health, and like health pop ups pop up everywhere. This game more so than any roguelite I've ever played is fucking infuriating. So that's why, like, I won't say mm. it's excellent and i uh, yeah it, it's not it's exact it's exactly what i want to play but i have so many complaints about it. it it's also very subject to rng like mm. the roles of your characters will determine if you have a good run or not and unlike yeah. dead cells where you are choosing you're finding upgrades along the way and kind of building your character as you go yeah. or hades same thing you're building your character as you go this game is like pre-rolling most of that. You might find stuff along the run that will augment you a little bit, but yeah. it's like most of that shit is determined between runs, and you just have to pick the best build yeah, out of the list of Where three. I'm like three minutes into the game, like, well, this isn't going to work. This is going to suck. I mm -hmm. should just quit because yeah. I'm not going to be able to do anything. And I, again, there's there's a ability to re-roll your characters. It's so fucking expensive <laughs> and like difficult to get through and like so many of those classes absolutely blow i think my favorite trait is uh contrarian where you just like whatever every time i've gotten a contrarian character it's just replaced their weapon with a pepperoni pizza what <laughs> that they then throw Which and it's like not it's a bad super weapon, fucking powerful yeah it's, it's pretty insane you can jump off it too mm -hmm. <laughs> i think my favorite trait so far is the one where every time you land just an explosion happens around you because like that's the trick of this game it's very spelunky of like you don't want to get too close to enemies because they will fucking yeah i got that and like every time i land an explosion happens around me if you need to climb lanterns you will destroy yeah, that, them and make it impossible yes. and like that's I've never seen a roguelite do that. Like, I can't actually finish the game with the things you've given me. Like, it's impossible. Well, you can't uh, get to a chest. Here's, but it's here's never the secret of those lanterns. Us. You can just stand on them. You only destroy them if you kick off them to get No, not if you have no, the... Not if you have that trait that oh, explodes okay, things. If you, if you land yeah. on them. But that, that's the Fair. thing is the... 
the kickoff move is it's basically this mid-ear oh, kick. Yeah, that you I don't can remember just... it in the first game at all, but it is totally central to the gameplay here, mm. and it's part of why this is so fun. It's a, it's a fantastic game. I feel like I haven't unlocked, and I'm kind of losing my patience with trying to unlock it. That's the thing is is mm. it's a great roguelike, mm-hmm. but it has so many of the things that annoy people with roguelikes. Like if I if I keep playing this a few more hours and haven't beaten that first boss, I'm probably gonna have to give it up. Like yeah, I'm just not yeah. making enough progress. I, I think I'm just enough. I think it's designed so that you can just go explore other areas. Like that boss is not a progress block. I think I think it's designed like the original to be played for fucking five years. Hmm. Right. And like I don't want to play this for five years. I want to play <laughs> it now. And it. and. Yeah. And it, it doesn't work like that. And and so that's my frustration with it. Because technically, I think that is my new favorite genre, whatever the roguelite you want to call it is. It's still better than our next game on the list is a game I was really looking forward to. Because you guys have heard me on the show. I was a big fan of Salt and Sanctuary, the original mm-hmm. game, which is like, to me, still is the best 2D Souls-like. Mm. And it, it's Ska Studios made it. It's It's got this awesome look. There's so many cool complex systems and factions and... And, and, and Sanctuary is the best Kingdom Hearts song. I know Matt wanted to mention that. <laughs> right, of course. <laughs> it, it, it riffs on everything Dark Souls does and kind of owns it in its own way. And I was hinting earlier, just like the transition from Dark Souls 1 to 2 was very polarizing and like how the levels for 2 were structured in the maps and stuff like it, it turned a lot of people off. Mm-hmm. Salt and Sacrifice is going to be that for people because like they're one big main new mechanic is this mage mechanic where you are a mage hunter and in each level you go to first of all it's a bit like it's dark souls 2 where you're like from the hub area you're warping to other levels it's not like the mm. seamless open yeah. map like dark mm-hmm. souls 1 was you know um and but when you warp there it's like well you have to go hunt down these mages and they're going to give you these souls that like help you unlock doors to progress more through the level and stuff but like the mage hunts are kind of just really fucking annoying. It's like they're these super powerful enemies that spawn powerful enemies. And then you you chase them to a point where they just stop and fight you. But they put up walls around this tiny ass arena. And this is still a Souls-like. So getting hit does like most of your health and, and damage and shit. And it's just like, it's just, it's just sort of an annoying mechanic. And I'm like, I get that you needed a new thing. You couldn't just do that, the previous game over again. But I... I sort of missed that game, and I was ready for a kind of traditional Souls-like experience, and I don't like the new gimmick. I, w- I want someone smarter than me to coin the term, when you get to a boss, that boss just summons more bosses, and, like, I fucking hate that. Yes. I hate I that too. so much. I hate that so fucking much. I get it. It's harder. Oh, man. I can't hit him until I've hit all these fucking weaklings. Shut up. I'm here for a reason. I carve through these people. He can't keep yeah. summoning them. No. Or but there's there's a lot to like with it. It's still like giving me that souls like fix. Uh, I'll probably get used to the mage system, but um, I do miss. I'm like, man, I really just wanted a prettier version of the original. And that's the other thing I have to say. Maybe I'm misremembering Salt and Sanctuary. This game feels like it controls a lot looser. Like the part of the charm of a Souls game is it's like very tight controls that mm. you have to be very precise with your inputs and stuff and this one is is not feeling as precise to me i still like it quite a bit unfortunately it just came out at a time where i am already kind of in love with another 2d action game in rogue legacy 2 so it's like all right maybe i'll get to that i after. thought you were gonna say you were in love with another 2d action game in aid and chronicle rising no, not not that <laughs> that is one i am not in love with uh how did i describe i <laughs> Okay, I know you've played more of this than me, Michael, and, and you thought the combat was fine, but to me, mm-hmm. Aiden Chronicle Rising feels like 
one of Chris and I's favorite games of last year, The Artful Escape. Oh. Which, it's like a, a paper doll game that they try to add combat to. And it controls as loosely as that. Like, the combat feels so very button-mashy, simplistic, of, and just, like, again, not tight. I, I will say, the characters only really have that paper doll look to me when they're running in silhouette. I think they're fine yeah. most of the time. I mean, like, yeah, it, it yeah. Artful like Escape, those characters ran and controlled, like... What's that game? Quop? Quip? Quip? Quop, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's what it looks like. Yeah. Um, oh, I, no. I will say in a week that uh, has also given us Trek to Yomi and Rogue Legacy 2, and well, it didn't give us Rogue Legacy 2, but that's out there, uh, and Salt and Sacrifice. Like, we're in a time with like a lot of really good 2.5D mm-hmm. action yes. RPGs. Yeah. And this one's a little bit lackluster in comparison to those. I think I think the the hack and slash action is fine. I enjoy playing it. Um, it's just not as elaborate as some of the other ones. I wanted to ask you though. So, Aiden Chronicle is being made by many of the people who worked on mm-hmm. the Suikoden series, and yep. it's being hailed as a spiritual successor to Suikoden. Is there any of that DNA in Rising, or is that not a totally that I can? Thing? Well, Suikoden, at least you know, I've only played like the first three Suikodens. I don't know Loser. what really happened to the series <laughs> past that point. I'm aware of that there were more games. I just never got into them. Uh, but so they were all. More traditional, uh, you know, RPGs like JRPGs, yeah, yeah. and this yeah. is a side-scrolling action game. So I have a feeling. I think this is a prequel that sets up the events. Um, if the the full game plays like this, I don't know how you could call, call it really a spiritual successor to Sui Koden, but uh, you know, keep an open. So mind. to me, this is like trying to be like an Odin Sphere. Or even like Indivisible, yeah. which came out a few years ago, and I'm like, yeah. just go play those because well, they control way better. <laughs> yeah, Indiv- like, Indivisible. Both both of those are a little. Well, Indivisible is more like a Valkyria or no a Valkyrie profile, where like you know you you run into random monsters and those will create like a battle scenario. Uh, this is just like no, the monsters are just part of the landscape. Just hack your way through them and, and move on. Uh, yeah. There's there's no like discrete battle scene or screen that you go to. It's it's just, the but it's not like a robust combo system like in the no Odin not Sphere not tremendously anything. like and, and and it's not like to compare it to Odin Sphere is also kind of unfair. Odin Sphere is like two D Devil May Cry with the elaborate yes. shit that you can do. <laughs> right. Yeah. This is this is more just yeah you know you get a few attacks. It's satisfying in its way and the story is fun. I so. will give it some credit. I don't mean to. to to crap all over the game because it's like I didn't play it that long but like the character stuff is pretty cool like you know the first character you encounter along the game or one of the first characters is like they're like talking animals right it's like Mm -hmm. okay they're they're creating a very neat world that that my main character's in who for some reason has like uh, Lara Croft's climbing axe from the reboots I don't know why that's her main weapon just a couple of ice axes and I guess she's dressed like you know uh a cliff climber but with her booty shorts and climbing gear and stuff. But, uh, yeah, my cliff hell. climber here, Michael. Uh, how's, how's it going? <laughs> um, and then last game, I, I think I'm the only one who played this because I heard really good things about this. And it's it's on Game Pass. Citizen Sleeper. Oh, man. I looked at the trailer like nine times this week. Like, oh, I keep hearing good things about this. I'm like, ooh, I'll never play this. <laughs> I was asking you guys to jump on the grenade for me because I was intrigued by the systems behind this game. But the themes are things I don't normally like to play. Like, this is a game that has a lot of... It explores a lot of existential themes, what it means to be human, 
what it means to exist, right? And, and the, the concept is you are someone who has signed away your body to a corporation so that you can live on in like this android type body, right? Like a robot type body just to basically do labor in deep space. Um, and you kind of wake up and I think what, what is implied is you've like escaped from that contract, right? Uh, and you, you wake up on this sort of like uh, deep space station where you have to try to find a life for yourself. But meanwhile, your body's like slowly dying because you don't have the nutrients that the corporation gives you. And that's their security policy to make sure people don't do what you did, which is escape. But the gameplay itself, it's been described as it's, it's like a tabletop yeah. RPG. Kerbal There's space very, program. Like, <laughs> you, you go <laughs> to these areas of the station and you basically, at the start of every day, you have these dice rolls that roll, right? And, and the, you, you have this allocation of dice that you can use for things that increase your chances of success. Do you want oxygen or things. pizza? Well, it's, it's very much like that. It's, it's like, do you want to try to mine this thing that is a risky thing, but it has a higher payoff? Well, then you better use your, your higher ranked dice to do that, right? Or do you want to try to talk to this guy and get directions in the station? Okay, but that's that's marked unsafe, so there, there's a little risk-reward. Oh, you can do the safe activity, so you might want to use your lower dice roll numbers for that one, right? Because even if you fail, it's not going to do much to you. It's not going to hurt you or whatever. I just was playing it and I'm like, I see that there's some brilliance here in these systems. And I, and I love tabletop games that have stuff like this. But if I wanted to play this type of game, I would, I have a bunch of board games behind me. I would just do a tabletop gaming session. Like for me, this isn't my type of video game. It's also a fuck ton of reading, a lot of reading. Cause everything you're doing is like telling this story, but it's through reading resource and resource like, management. I, it is a resource management game. Mm-hmm. That's exactly yeah. what it is. But the resource are the dice, and it's these dice rolls. But the story, I will say, is super compelling. Yeah. I just don't. I didn't have the patience. I don't want to sit there and read. No, no. It. I'm, I'm a. If you haven't listened to the show before, I'm a gameplay guy. Over. Yeah, Chris is a Dewey game guy. Yeah, I'm, I want to do I stuff. I think I'm that way as well. And, and, and we were both all talking about this. Like, I guess I have a little bit of time. I'll download it and, and just. I forgot how many times I watched the trailer over the last three weeks. Like, I just don't want to do this. I just, yeah. I've, <laughs> this I've is... heard I've heard so much amazing stuff about this game, and it's the same thing. I kept watching trailers and gameplay, and I'm like, this doesn't look like my kind of fun mm-hmm. or fun at all to me. I feel like there are, there is a subset of people like if you if you love playing visual novels, mm-hmm. yeah, you're probably going to be more prone to like this. And it, game. And it is it, short, it's like that with some gameplay system. It is short. Like if yeah, you and it's only it's only a few hour experience. Yeah. There, there's that too, and it's sort of choose your own adventure. And that, like, depending on what you do, like the scenario will play out differently. And depending on your class you choose, like I, I chose yeah. this class that was clearly like, oh, this is the worker guy, and I get certain bonuses to certain dice dice rolls, and then you know other classes have bonuses to other dice rolls. It's it's very tabletopy in that way. It's just not for me. And um, but I, I feel like if if you're ears are perking up when i talk about tabletop and dice allocation and shit like that like yes uh like if you if you like the, the lords of Waterdeep board game right which i have here mm. behind me like yeah maybe check this out it might be for you that's cool uh i just added a, a quick uh update to our new releases list oh this, yeah, yeah this war of mine final cut is talk out about another week. depressing game yeah you want to talk about <laughs> this might be the most depressing game yeah. If you want to have a little taste of what might people might be going through in Ukraine right now, this war of mine is about you're playing as a survivor in a war-torn town. It's, you're basically under lockdown during the day, and you can kind of venture out at night when the fighting dies down to look for supplies and things like that. And it's a game 
that gives you very little resources and you get fewer resources over time and it challenges you to make some tough decisions. For example, your mother needs these medications to survive. You know that your neighbor has them. Maybe you can sneak over there and steal them. Oh shit, the neighbor's home. Do you leave peacefully and maybe your mother dies or do you pull a gun on the neighbor and uh, and what if the neighbor resists? Are you going to shoot them? Are you going to run away? How are you going to get the what, what you need? And uh, yeah. it's yeah, it's a game that kind of you know it forces you into moral gray areas, and you might have to do things that you find repellent, and uh, and it's very sad and bleak, and yeah. it's a yep. quote unquote serious game. Tried to be a serious game. Yeah. I think I played this a couple years ago and it came out. And it, it, is, it is a great game. It's similar, though, to like Citizen Sleeper. Of like, it's like it make certain choices and then it's. I think there's dice rolls behind the scenes in yeah. this War of as, Mine. Like, as serious as it is, I can't. Every time I see the title, just think, this little War of Mine. I'm going to oh, watch it. Man. <laughs> I'm going to end on a positive note. So I confirmed last week I suspected that Switch Sports is all about that local multiplayer and my my experience playing single player wasn't as fun i uh, having played with my kids over the weekend and seeing the joy on their face and seeing them engage with these all of the sports in that game and being seeing them go at it in chambara against each other yes can confirm switch sports totally worth the 40 bucks if you have other people to play local multiplayer with that is where that game shines it's it's hard i've only been able to date like like almost 80% of the time women with children uh and men with children uh but but like uh kids want to play shit like this over and over again mm-hmm. and we don't because we want progression we want something to change and want to unlock things and the all the reviews are, are for switch sports are just like there's nothing to do I'm like well you're not a fucking kid and yeah. like yeah, this is this offers a lot of things to do when you're really bored yep. as a as a kid. And yeah, I don't know. Well, it's like when Wii Sports was big, it was because people were getting together and playing together with each yeah. other in the house. Yeah. And I mean, yeah. I, hell, I was working at the time at this bar and I was DJing. And on one of our most dead nights, the guy was like, hey, let's do Wii Bowling. And we did Wii Bowling contests yeah. in the bar. And people started showing up for stuff like right. that. And yeah, you know, you get people together in a place. So it makes sense that people that want to do that like you said you know if there's kids or families yeah it makes sense that it what other it, it game is going to let you way. say shuttlecock without getting slapped across the face <laughs> it's, it's just that, it's just that, that, that <laughs> shuttlecock i want it banned like titmouse <laughs> um, uh, it's an astronaut's dick <laughs> but like uh, every time i get cynical about something on nintendo sports it it, it 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 makes me feel shitty because like i tout all these arcade games which offer the exact same thing yeah Ten minutes of fun, blah blah blah, and like, uh, why shouldn't kids and non-gamers be able to enjoy that? Um, but like, you know, it's 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 been reviewed like a game game, which it's not. It's uh, yeah, it, and it's that's meant- why honestly, Nintendo Nintendo knows that, and they're not. You think Nintendo's pitching this game to IGN like, hey, you know, you do an awesome review of this game? It's like, no, they know. Yeah, I, I would be surprised if they gave review copies out. Right. His commercials will do more to sell yep. that game than yep. reviews that's, ever that's would. This type of game, absolutely, and it's fun as shit. Local multiplayer, so to go get it. It's forty bucks. Come on, right. what are you waiting for? And then next week, uh, I love the Friday the Thirteenth release for Evil Dead the game this week. So we we might have some things to say about Man. it next week. That's going to be like a Friday the Thirteenth style game, right? Where you know asymmetrical multiplayer. No. no? Well, 
I couldn't tell if it was that or Left for Dead style, to be hmm. honest. I, I, uh, I thought it was Friday the 13th. I thought it was asymmetric from what I saw. In well, uh, Dead by Daylight, I think, is a better comparison. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And um, I just don't know how long that goes because Dead by Daylight got a bunch of other IP involved in like a uh, great DLC and was constantly updated. And like for this, for me is like, Oh, it's like this from what I've seen, it's the best evil dead game with Bruce Campbell involved. That's ever been mm. me. It, it already is. It, it just is from what I've seen. And, um, that excites me, especially after seeing, Oh, Bruce Campbell's cameo in a little movie that's out in theaters right now. And uh, Sonic uh, Two, yes, that's called Sonic <laughs> Two. It's uh, Robert Eggers, the North, the Northman. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so another Northman, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Michael Morbius, groovy, groovy. <laughs> I love recording with you guys. Holy shit, everybody got understood everything about Bruce Campbell. <laughs> everybody loving Bruce Campbell on this show is wonderful. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. I got him to sign my copy of his biography. If Chins Could if Chins Kill. Chins Could Kill. Yeah. I had, him, <laughs> I, I had him just sign it as Workshed because there is an anecdote in the book where he talks about there's that line in, I think, Evil Dead 2 where he like looks out the window and sees like his this corpse going toward this wood workshed and he just says workshed but if you look closely you realize his mouth doesn't move and the, the line was just ADR'd in later so <laughs> got a small chapter for you guys I met a guy in a Pac-Man t-shirt at a PAX his name is Michael <laughs> worst moment of my entire life <laughs> the worst <laughs> well actually I, I I just put that it's like oh did you see the anecdote I'm like yeah that's why I put it that was the extent of the exchange Bruce Campbell is the shit He's, he's wonderful. Yeah, he really is. Um, but we should move along to News. Listen for more exciting tales of the years when Michael used to read books. Uh, That's right. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead, Matt. Uh, WWE uh, had an announcement where they, um, Stephanie McMahon, their chief brand officer <laughs> at WWE, which is so weird because it's like, you mean the, the heel on TV? Like, no, that's the right. The heel Stephanie. on TV or the daughter of the billionaire? Which The one daughter of the about? owner, billionaire, evil, who also plays an evil billionaire on the shows. It's confusing. She's been playing the daughter of a billionaire in video games for 20 years. Who's married to one of the best heels the company yeah. has ever had yeah. in Triple H. Nuts. Uh, but yeah, Stephanie McMahon um, was uh, announcing that WWE has signed a deal for an RPG, which that intrigued me. My ears perked up because that yeah. to me was always sort of the dream of even back in the Raw versus SmackDown days of like all that behind backstage shit you're supposed to do. That was more like we have a story mode and there's it's basically your your soap opera shit that I like about wrestling. Like, yeah, yeah, to have an RPG of that. But here's the deal with this one, though. Like, they didn't announce what platform it would be for or who's making it. Uh, my wrestling fan Spider-Sense went off. This sounds like a mobile game. I am mm -hmm. guessing this is a mobile game, which is kind of a shame. There's plenty of room for this kind of game on any platform, but WWE doesn't want to invest any money in their 
games, I, I would imagine. Um, Considering how much success they've had with 2K22 and how many just wrestling fans were video game fans. 22, huge. that was part of the announcement too. 2022 was a great return to form sales-wise and everything. Like, it's been a big success for them, especially you know, which is great after taking the, the year off and, and getting it right. But what's interesting is, as part of this announcement, she didn't announce, like, is this with 2K? Like, who's doing this RPG you signed with? And, and so that's... I wonder, because um, there there had been rumors out there that, like, WWE might might be shopping, you know, when, when there were problems between the last version of WWE 2K and, and now this this one. And it's Aki like, oh, will have they... to go make a, an AEW game that will never make its money back. <laughs> there's, there's that, too. Yeah, that game got its official title, and that game looks... Uh, like uh, it does. I'll just say that. <laughs> seven years ago. <laughs> um, they're going after the No Mercy thing from in- Nintendo 64, and they might accomplish that in more ways <laughs> than one. Um, I don't know. I'm excited. I'm a wrestling fan, so if you say wrestling RPG, I, I am listening. Um, hey, this is something that affected me that I don't think it affected you guys, and it really pissed me off, but I wanted to use it as a launching point to talk about digital games. So Xbox Live went down over the weekend. But only for a select few uh, users. Yes, the elites. <laughs> of which Matt was one. <laughs> they, and I, of which I was one. Apparently, I heard on another show that it might have been a lot of Europeans and then me. Um, we couldn't <laughs> play any games. We couldn't fucking play our Game Pass games. We couldn't play games we had know, bought. We're talking like, about games and Matt's just like, I can't do anything. I can't log <laughs> I would on. Love I'm to like, play this. Matt, yes. I don't know what you're talking about. Like, I'm the guy who has all his fucking subscriptions lapsing because my stupid card, like, died. Uh, yeah, I could not access my games. I was following, for the first time ever, had to follow the Xbox support account on Twitter, which went out with an announcement saying, we fixed it! And then I tried, and it still wasn't working, and then I saw, like, an hour later, like, we didn't fix it! We're still working on it! <laughs> it's just like... But, but for me, like, this is... I have praised digital on this show before. Like, I, I think digital is great, and it's so convenient for buying games, but this is an example of, like... There are certain things that come with digital. Yeah. If the if people don't set it up right, okay, Microsoft should figure out a way. If I have purchased a game and if it is checked that I've purchased that game once, mm-hmm. why does it need to check every time I go to start up a game with the DRM? Like that to me, like yeah, what if my internet's down and I just want to play a single player experience that I've purchased? Like I remember having check... that problem with the Vita, but like I would save Vita games for uh, flights. Because I was flying a lot. Right. And uh, I could never start them. But it's also right. like they, even with the Vita, if I started them and activated them, they're activated. I yes. can keep playing that. Yes. There is something wrong in my in my opinion of like, I get why they have to do that. It's because mm-hmm. people pirate games. They steal games and shit like that. And, and Xbox even sort of worse. Like you can, I don't know if you guys are aware of this. From the Xbox app, you can download a game to your system that you haven't bought and yeah. then try to run it and then it'll have you buy it later. So I get why they can't just say, hey, if it's on your system and we can't look up if you own it or not, we can't necessarily just let people play it. But I'm mm-hmm. like, yeah, but something's wrong there. We're like, you shouldn't have to check my credentials every time I want to start a fucking game yeah. if my console's offline. Like, what if I yeah. What if I went to a friend's house or, or we're on vacation? Like, I've done this. I've taken consoles up into the fucking mountains in a cabin yes. to play, like, video games with yes. my friends. And if there's no internet connection, we're just shit out of luck now? Long, like, long story short, my mom, we beca- we became the senior members of the Antista family and every like we're gonna come have Christmas at your house. And my mom's like, I my knees suck and I don't want to fucking cook for you. 
we're going to go in the mountains with Chris and his sister, and that's it. And Xbox is without the internet is sort of like. Uh, remember, I said like I, I experienced the opposite recently, but like even the Blu-ray player was just like we're not going to launch without internet. Mm-hmm. We're like wow. what? <laughs> what yeah. the fuck is what the fuck is that? This is the shit that, by the way, remember they. I hate to say it, but I think it lost them the last generation. This whole this always on shit and always yeah. connected shit that like they had to roll a lot of that back like okay we take that back we, we're not always on they still ended up doing it they just didn't tell us they oh, were no, doing no. it and and it's having the effect that we all were afraid it would of like i was annoyed i was like guys i've paid for these games these aren't fucking these aren't all like game pass games or whatever like no these are games i have given them good money and i just cannot did, play this did game I say that, that I on the elden ring spoiler cast my internet went out for two days yes in like yes. Uh, I, I open up my PS5, try and load Elden Ring, and it takes seven minutes to like fail to open Elden Ring, right? To fail, and I'm like, what is going on? And then like, I like go in your PS5. If you don't have the internet, go in the PS5 settings and like undo the internet option, and it'll automatically load up because it wants to load your save to the cloud mm-hmm. while you're doing everything, so you can play yeah. this on every other system. It's a convenience thing. And in the second you turn that off, it just automatically loads up and is not confused. But, like, it is outlandishly confused if yeah. you don't have the internet or PS Plus or Xbox Live. It is ridiculous. Like, it just doesn't know what to do. They're just... My my point, there has to be a better way. Yeah. Like, there has to be a way that I can play, if my internet goes out, that I can play the games totally. I've paid for. And I get, folks, listeners, this is a first world problem guess what you're listening to a podcast on probably an iphone so you're yes. with me like these are the problems we have and then i'm complaining I, I about it i said I'm that years ago it's not a first world problem if my internet is out me loading up elden ring is not the biggest issue in my life right. i want to see my email and i want to see my social meds and i want to like yeah if my internet is out my games are not my top priority but it also shouldn't inhibit me from enjoying the games that i bought digitally Single, I get it. I get multiplayer yeah. games, of course. Yeah, I can't. Totally. I can't. You know, whatever. If Xbox Live's down, I can't play against other people. These are just single player. Ex- these are the kind of games I play. Give me a fucking yeah. break. You know? Or watching a Blu-ray disc. Yeah, watching well, even more infuriating. It was only me. Yeah. Like, okay, so it only <laughs> broke for a certain percentage of your users. What kind of shit is that? Yeah, I want to watch Mortal Engines alone in 2022. <laughs> Don't make me fucking feel worse about it. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, uh, that was just my rant about a thing that I couldn't play games for a day. Oh poor! It was. Me. It was. Um, I thought it was hysterical because, like, usually <laughs> Matt is a little. He's in California and he's a little more. And I'm the guy who's like, oh, the power's out here in Florida. Right. And it was just. <laughs> right. It was just like I can't do anything. I'm like, oh, it feels good to hear like this from someone who's not me. <laughs> <laughs> not. I mean, it's okay. I just turned on my PS5 and played those games. <laughs> <laughs> For those the of us who twist. remember the great PSN outage of Dickity 11, yes. uh, it seems like a, a tiny thing to have to deal with, just 24 hours. Right. Um, it wasn't. It, it was like 48 hours, and I was shocked just because like, Matt's always ahead of everything I am. Like, play Trek to Yomi, and he's like, I can't. I can't yeah, fucking do could. it. Wish you uh, could. Wish yeah. I could keep playing Yakuza Like a Dragon like I had been. I was making mm-hmm. good progress. But, uh, and you couldn't, couldn't over cloud. Cloud was down as well, so yeah. you couldn't like cloud stream the game. You couldn't. It would be... It would be nice if, like, the DRM for that stuff, like, if it's performed a check in the last 24 hours, like, just 
let it go. How about the last fucking month? Yeah. Like, 24 hours my ass. <laughs> yeah. Give me a break, dude. Like, like if once you a month prove that I bought that thing, I can't unbuy that thing from you. Fuck I'm off. trying to like, compromise with creeps here. Come do, you, on. do you know how many people hack consoles? Hmm. It, it It's very small. You're, you're punishing, like, like, like three... Dude, we, we thirty twenty ten this week. We mentioned um, twenty years ago a Celine Dion album released in Europe, and like if you tried to copy it, it would nuke your computer. It's the worst form of DRM <laughs> that has ever existed. I mean, a worse punishment would be it would give you her entire catalog. <laughs> Stop. Stop it. Have People more love Celine, Celine Dion. <laughs> Uh, but, but but like but that, that that's how people think of things. Like everyone's trying to steal stuff. Like not no. everyone's back, trying to back steal Back in stuff. our day, you had to know a guy that you met in the back of a comic book and <laughs> send in your system <laughs> where they would fucking solder a chip yep. onto yep. this. Uh, oh my god! Anyway, it, it's it's so like it's so not worth it to hack a modern console. Just be a PC gamer right. and steal everything. There. <laughs> yes, like yeah. it, it doesn't make sense. Speaking of not worth it, uh, our next story, I, I I suspect there is a company that may never put a character in their series again because it's not the not worth the trouble to them. So there was a rumor this week that's been going around that uh, Fei Long, uh, his last appearance in Street Fighter might be Street Fighter V um, because the composer of Street Fighter V basically said, like, yeah, the Lee family has come out and they've... They, the Bruce Lee. They are threatening to sue people like uh, for the likeness to Bruce Lee, and um, then I guess the Bruce Lee family came out and said that they are making this up. This is not us. We didn't. I mean, that, that, this that at was all. what Anthony told us like right before we recorded. I had not heard that. Yeah, they the the Bruce Lee official account on Twitter said we have never made any comments of this nature. We have no idea who the 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 composer was was allegedly saying he had close friends of the family. Mm-hmm. And the Bruce Lee, like his his family, his estate was like, we have no idea who his close these close friends are, but his comments are false. So there was another update to the article where the composer later said, uh, the opinion was mine only, and it was hypothetical thinking. It was my opinion, and not Capcom's. My source is an independent third party, and he took down the video interview where he mm-hmm. gave the original quote from. And also, there are no cocaine parties and orgies in Washington D.C. <laughs> I made all that. Up. <laughs> Please don't post the next video. I mean, <laughs> this, this sparked a fire in me, uh, right. having worked with that company before. Right. Where to start? Uh, the Bruce Lee family, I don't know if they were aggressive in pointing out things about Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, but that's the, like, the first we heard from that them That, to me, is the while. funniest part of this story, is this might all have started with him getting punked out in a fucking Quentin Tarantino movie, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I understand if you're a family member of Bruce Lee, that's not the most flattering depiction of Bruce Lee, but it's mm. also the only depiction of Bruce Lee done in a historical mainstream film in, like, ten years. I get why you wouldn't be okay with that, but I also worked at a well, this company and a Japanese company, they are n- notoriously lawsuit averse. Yes, and very while, conservative. While like. they would win any lawsuit for Fei Long, I also worked there and saw there was never any Fei Long merchandise. Like, why fight? Well, that that's... You know, Fei Long is not the first or only Bruce Lee clone in video games by a long shot. And that's, no. so what's funny 
th- there was a post about this in the Facebook group. We had an IP lawyer chime in because I was mm-hmm. saying like, hey, this seems safe under parody law. And he's like, actually, it might not be depending on the state because mm-hmm. like likeness can be defined one of any several ways. And I'm like, yeah, but Fei Long doesn't even look like Bruce Lee. Like, I, I don't think you yeah. can claim likeness. He moves he, he like d- Bruce Lee. He, he moves like right. him. He does the high pitch. the yips. sounds. Yeah. Right. Right. But then that's that's where I think if this had gone to court, it would have been a fascinating watch because I would want to hear like, okay, what are you claiming ownership to? Is it the moves? Is it the 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 voice inflection things? Like how much of that is actually ownable? Capcom won a lawsuit against Data East because of like basically Hadoukens. Right. And and like you are doing Bruce Lee's equivalent of Hadoukens with Fei Long. Also, this character first showed up in in Super Street Fighter like nineteen ninety three. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Well, it, it was to represent Hong Kong, and it's one mm. of the things I love about Street Fighter about representing who's playing the game more, mm-hmm. and give them a character, and that's 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 where Fei Long came from. But Fei Long is nobody's favorite character. Yeah, I, I feel like depictions of Bruce Lee. Bruce Lee is sort of like Marilyn Monroe and Elvis <laughs> in that right. if you are not familiar with their work. You will see them everywhere, and you will probably hate them. You like they, they just become another ubiquitous cultural figure, and it's only by like going back and like watching Bruce Lee's movies, or actually listening to Elvis's music, or watching Marilyn Monroe's movies that you begin to understand the appeal. And it's like this thing that's been shoved down my throat by boomers my whole life is actually fucking amazing, but I right. could never see that because it was just kitsch for so long. I'm just saying that's probably why Fei Long is not that popular character. Right. No, no, I, I just I, like Mike, Michael said this off mic, but like when Bruce Lee died, he left this void of like, well, if there's a skinny Asian guy with abs who can kick people, like let's per, like name him almost Bruce Lee and yeah. push him in. Right. He's the Bruce Lee. He's Bruce Law. Whatever. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it did. It, it did happen. But the fact that – so what I was trying to say is if you've ever had to, like, defend an IP, mm-hmm. you know that, like, you have to keep doing that. Because what happens is if you don't, over time, it sets up a precedent where you can kind of no longer claim that your IP because it becomes so pervasive. And you're like if – you, if you don't, like, stop it right up front and say, like, no one can copy this and these mm-hmm. things and establish, like, what you have ownership to – and I think Bruce Bruce Lee likeness stuff or Bruce Lee parodies, whatever you want to call them, had reached that point. Just like Elvis impersonators. Elvis impersonators don't have to get the license to be an Elvis right. impersonator. We, we, yeah, we just, live in a world of Tony Jaa and Jet Li, and like they're they're all Bruce Lee fans, and like uh, uh, it's just the way it is. And, and the only insight I have because I did work at Capcom, uh. They are a notoriously risk averse company, and while I work there, I don't. No, if they ever had an agreement with the Lee estate. Because I remember there was some minor controversy, blah, blah, blah. They were, you know, in a, it, in a monoculture world 30 years ago, kind of made a Bruce Lee stand-in for their game. If they yeah. made an agreement with the Lee estate, that could... the, the oh, Sorry, let me jump ahead. The point is, Street Fighter is the only... Uh, property that the u.s is allowed to lead development on and this guy the composer didn't hear this from nowhere sure he, yeah. he and, and like in and, and street fighter themes are based around characters there's there's their menu theme the fucking <laughs> start menu theme and there's character themes. so if somebody told him this 
I was just like, yeah, I'd believe it. I, I would. I don't care what the Lee estate says, because the Lee estate was like kind of dicks about the Tarantino. Ver- and that's the only time people have talked about Bruce Lee in a major way for years. And I they didn't. By the way, they did go after Tarantino when like. In Kill Bill, she literally wore the yellow Bruce yeah. Lee suit. Yeah, yeah. Right. She wore Bruce Lee <laughs> suit. Yeah. Uh, but by the way, if, if they do want to sue anyone, sue the wrestler Sting, because he straight up stole Brandon's Crow gimmick and made the most money true. in his career mm-hmm. off that yeah. shit. That is true. So. Crow, Crow Sting. <laughs> Jesus yeah. Crow Sting is He's where you Please Google still Sting doing. and a Sting mask gif. It's the best thing you've ever seen. <laughs> yes. it, it, he just did it again recently. Oh, God, it's so good. But, but really so, like, I, I don't discount this I know how the development of this game works and somebody he didn't hear this from nowhere for me it's like Fei Long and uh, granted he I wanted to like him I wanted him to be my favorite because I love Bruce Lee as a kid when that shit came out or I guess teenager He's not a great character. Like he was never my favorite no. Street Fighter character, and I don't think he's many. Well, I think they intentionally didn't uh, extrapolate his character because he was. It was very clear who he's supposed to be, and the more they extrapolated, the more they opened themselves up to certain things. But his level, oh, those peacocks and waterfalls. Uh, but, but 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 like, I'm not kidding. The composer might have the most insight to that. Do not develop a song for this person because we can't sure. use him anymore somebody yeah. told him that and it wasn't the lee estate um yeah. or it might be don't develop a song for him because we're saving him for year two dlc yeah, that, could, that, be that, that too. could be too that could yeah. be too but like he said that and like dude i work there i believe him this is the kind of shit that happens because nothing there nothing in games you think is signed in perpetuity 30 years ago is in perpetuity it's just not uh, and, and if they signed, so what? What I'm saying, and I never heard this. If they signed an agreement with a Lee Estate, which I don't know if they did, uh, that brings them in trouble. The, the, when like, where's this Capcom game? All of that, almost all of that, can't exist because of actors, voice actors, and visual actors. That is the mm-hmm. main thing keeping old Capcom games being released on current platforms. Oh, interesting. From interesting. Mega Man Legends to uh uh you you can't release my you can't we release my game Capcom. Uh, that guy, that voice actor no, really the going old after. Game. Him. The, with the, with the, with, the, with the Samurais <laughs> and Gene Renault. Uh, uh Oh, Onimusha. 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 Oh, uh, yes. Uh, Lost Planet. That that game stars a massive Korean actor none of you have ever heard of. Uh, oh, okay. but hmm. yeah, it right. just can't happen again. You know, you know what can't happen after this year that will happen in a different form? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> EA Sports is officially splitting with FIFA uh, after this year's game, which is still titled FIFA 23 because sports games. Um, after FIFA 23, it will no longer be called FIFA. It will be called uh, EA Sports Football FC Club. Football Club. It's mm. now EA Sports Football Club. Um yeah, so we'd heard about this, and we, it's it's 
hard to take sides in this in this yeah. battle of yeah. brands between FIFA. Which and evil EA. corporation is correct? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which one is actually well? Only one of them, as far as I know, has a propaganda movie about themselves. Yeah, FIFA's that, the worst. That's true. Mm. Uh, but and, and a lot of official football clubs have already come out and confirmed, like, no, we'll be involved moving forward. So people like Champions League, people like Real Madrid, uh, CF, La Liga, Liverpool FC. Basically, it's like thousands of players and football clubs and teams and all this stuff. They will still be in the series moving forward. And they've already confirmed, like, yeah, we're, we're part of the FC. I think in, in, I'm a like, I hate sports, hate sports and people who like them. Don't at me. Um, but I love soccer, and I lo- or footy, as the uh, the English call it. Mm-hmm. I think they lost the term World Cup. I don't think they can use that. They anymore. do. So that that's like the one piece of content that is still really associated with FIFA. So there won't be able to be like a a World Cup mode in the yeah. future games or content. FIFA, which they really FIFA only do kind of avengered anyway. all the goddamn football clubs across mm-hmm. Europe into the World Cup. Um, yep. and, and I, I think they're going to lose that. And that's, it's a big deal, but it's like, it's a hundred, I, I, I thought I saw a stat. It's $150 or $50 million. It's, it's a, a huge deal. I don't, I don't think it's a big deal that they're losing world cup for, for me. It's like this. I think the draw and attraction with licensed sports games mm-hmm. is the teams and the players, right. and they will still have all of the, it's, it'd be like a Madden game that had access to all the teams and players and just didn't happen to have a Super Bowl. Right. Like, who gives a right. shit? Right. Like, honestly, right. like yeah. as long as I can play as my favorite player and team, and, I and, and then what? Yeah. I, and, and then on the FIFA side, like, we'll bring the license to other developers. I'm like, right. good luck who? getting a game Konami, out in the next fucking, fucking two make video years. games anymore and their last eFootball Yeah, they're not so going to get a game so. out forever. Like, like if, if EA, if, if EA FC is better in the next year or two, they will suffer. Like, well, I don't know because Konami is apparently just a PS e soccer company. E football is what the E-football, last one was called, bad. and did not do well. Like you know, got poorly reviewed. So they, they could do that. They could go to an all new publisher and developer. Like they're free to, to do what they want. It just the, the the biggest competition to to FIFA fell away, and they fucked it up again. They fucked it up anyway. Like you you had you have a monopoly and you just quibbled over it. Yeah. Yeah, I, the game will still be. It'll be the same game next year, just with a different name, and it'll still be the best experience if you like footy or however you want to refer to it. In, in the U.S., they should just to piss off soccer fans. They should name it EA Sports SC for Soccer Club. Just to really, <laughs> if you hate FIFA, uh, which was once headed up by Sepp Blatter, who they made a movie about, like a yep. propaganda movie about, and I just love quoting. It was one of the the Sklar brothers who says, "Like Sepp Blatter sounds like." What happens when somebody shits in your dick? Septic <laughs> <laughs> yes. bladder. Come on. How do you hate sports but like the Sklar Brothers? The Sklar Brothers are uh, all they're, about they're, sports. They're, they are the best podcasters who talk about things I don't give a shit about. They're they amazing. Are, like, if radio still existed, they would be gods. I hate to admit this. I've been listening to them 20 years because they would always sub in for Jim Rome on his sports yeah. talk show. And best. I'm like, holy shit, I've been following the Sklars for that long. So. Undeniably funny, the Sklar Brothers. They're very, they're, very they're good. Uh, hey, speaking wonderful. of EA, last last story, they had their earnings call, and they were kind of showing their release slate. And through uh, Q4, which they, they operate on the fiscal quarter, so Q4 is actually calendar Q1 of next year. So but sometime between January and March, they promised four big things. Uh, a major IP release. A partner title, 
uh, one remake and a sports title. And here's what's compelling. The remake, they said it was nothing that had been announced before. Because a lot of people were assuming, oh, that's the Dead Space remake Mm -hmm. that we all know about that that they've been working on. It's like they said it it had not been previously announced. So it's like, oh, that's a different remake. Interesting. Football. Sports, the sports title, a lot of people are speculating might be the NCAA college football game. That I guess that Ooh. could coincide theoretically with both. The, the, the re release, sadly, is Madden 2003. I'm so sorry. <laughs> like, Boom! <laughs> the return of Joe Montana football. Yeah, they got, they got the ludicrous song in there. Not uh, partner titles can mean anything under their like EA Originals label where they publish, you know, like Joseph Ferris's games are all under that. So, uh, and then major IP people are speculating, though, that might be one of the Bioware things. That that might be the new Mass Effect game or the new Dragon Age game that had been worked on for a long time. But yeah, I I want to speculate on the remake, but maybe that should be our question of the week. Like, what what do you think the remake is if it's not Dead Space? Because I know me and Anthony basically have the same answer. We're going to share our answer this week. Yeah. Um, if it's not Dead Space, um, remember EA owns all these classic PC franchises. So like Command and Conquer. That's true. Like, In why space. Not? In space. <laughs> <laughs> Terrible Tim Curry. That was pretty. That was a pretty good Tim Curry. Uh, I you know. I get more Schwarzenegger every time I do it. Yeah. Space, get your ass to Mars. <laughs> so yeah, they, they, there is a lot that they own that it's just been a while they've been sitting on that IP. So that to me is the yeah. most intriguing part. Like the major IP thing, hey, it's been too long between Mass Effects and Dragon Age. So yes, would would love for that to happen. And uh, if you're not 30 2010 listeners, like JR goes off on a giant rant on the 30th anniversary of Sim Life. It's oh wow. Like wow. The third Maxis Sim game. And it's like recreate dinosaurs with rhinoceros DNA. It, it like it just doesn't work. It looks like Minesweeper trying to create an ecosystem. Like remember, <laughs> th- there's a bunch of Sim stuff that hasn't been remade yet. Like, could they remake Sims One? I don't think so. Actually, the the cool thing about Sim Life was that it had the same amount. Like you could make sprites for your creatures, mm-hmm. and they were the same size as like the stamps for Mario Paint. They were emoticons, and and Nintendo Emojis. had put out a like a, a thing saying like, oh, here's how to make Mega Man's head in Mario Paint. Uh, here's how to make Mario's face in Mario Paint for these stamps. Like yeah. it was like a sixteen by sixteen grid or something like that. So I put all of these in Sim Life and made them into creatures that yeah, were just roaming around. That's and awesome. Meeting. Yeah, <laughs> it's 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 been it's been almost ten years since they last tried to do like the major like Sim City. Yeah. Yeah. Jesus Christ, you're right. Like Sim City, Sim City, Sim City, which they didn't give a fucking moniker to. Yeah. Uh, that was almost ten years ago. Yeah. Good lord. I mean, outside of their sports stuff, Maxis is one of the biggest developers they yep. still own, right? Mm-hmm. It's still kicking. Ooh, so. Yeah. Which yeah. they haven't done shit with other than The Sims. I mean, Sims 4 keeps going. Like, Sims yeah. 4 right, right, makes right, right. a ton of money yeah. for them. So. But shit, it's been a while. It could be Sims 5. I don't know. I don't but know. yeah, there's I a, remember, like, of... in that episode, I look up, um, we were just talking about how big PC game manuals were <laughs> during this period mm-hmm. and there was still a 400 page official guide to sim life and i just like what is this going for online three hundred dollars like <laughs> all of them Whoa. are going for three hundred dollars for sim life which 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 jr's like try and find it on youtube nobody cares about this nobody played it <laughs> no one likes it it's bad 
Uh, the the other thing they own they own respawn. Yeah, and we know respawn's been working on some stuff and. You know, Respawn with Apex just fucking came out. There was no pre-announcement. It was like, hey, we got this thing. It's out. Mm. Uh, that Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order was sort of like that. I remember it, like the announcement and then the release were yeah, very it was close like three together. months in between. Yeah, and, so and it, it could be whatever they've been working they're on. They're doing there, a you know? sequel for sure, but mm-hmm. what's yeah. as nuts is overseeing all of Battlefield now. Vince, Vince Capella. Yeah, Vin, Vince Zampella is Zampella. like, yeah. uh, if he's not head of e, all EA Studios, he's pretty darn close to yeah. head of all their studios. Which I, yeah, yeah I'm for. I'm for. Sure. He makes good games. Mm-hmm. Well, that's all the news that's fit to play. Oh! All right. Well, that takes like us into our community segment, which is always is segmenting our community. Last week's question of the week, you might remember what pack-in game did you spend the most time with and why? Any pack-in, not just the mid-cycle ones. Anthony, you weren't here last week. Was there a pack-in game that you ended up spending a lot of time with? I've got two, actually. I've got the, the very first one was Tetris on the original Game Boy. Hell yeah. I played a lot of that. My second one's kind of weird. Uh, the first computer my family got was a Macintosh Performa. And it came with a bunch of random discs, one of which was the game Descent. And I played a lot of Descent back in the day. So Tetris and Descent, like kind of both of those. I spent a lot of time with both of those games. They tried to do like a uh, crowdfunded kind of reboot of it. I think it didn't didn't really make it. But there's a game on Steam right now. I can't remember the name of it, but it's kind of a closest thing to like a modern remake of Descent. Okay. Mm -hmm. And it's got a different title. But yeah, so I would say Tetris on original Game Boy Descent. That's a good nice. one. It was a lot of fun. Well, on VideoGameApocalypse.com, Giant Short Stacks says, I was going to talk about my love for the Sonic 2 version of the Genesis until you guys started mentioning PC demo discs, and I remembered possibly the greatest compilation of shareware ever put together. It's impossible to Google because the dozens of games included... Uh, the first episodes for Doom, Wolfenstein, Duke Nukem 3D, Rise of the Triad, Dark Forces, Heretic, and System Shock. Wow. Everything else on the disc might as well have never existed, especially the old 2D platformer version of Duke Nukem. Yuck. <laughs> it's kind of hard to search for shitty sci-fi FPS maker game for kids that wasn't Duke Nukem 3D. Because just like in 1995, I end up staring at pixelated stripper tits. <laughs> <laughs> Which I think I, I think the original demo for Forever just leaked, right? Oh yeah, yeah, that's true. It did, and uh, mm-hmm. George Broussard was like, "Yes, this is real, and I don't, I don't want to relive this painful memory." But uh, yeah, it's it's very rough. It's incomplete, and it, I don't know. It looked pretty fucking cool when I saw someone playing it. Get but it, anyway, uh, stream it. Yeah, yeah. It's it's kind of hard to search for shitty sci-fi FPS maker game that wasn't Duke Nukem 3D because just like in 1995, I ended up staring at pixelated stripper tits. The sheer breadth of first-person shooters on that disc felt like sending a small Steam library back in time. I may not be able to fully remember it, but I'll also never forget it. Yeah, we want to uh, we wanna do 30 2010 games again and um, with, with Matt and Michael. Um, Anthony to a much lesser degree. Um <laughs> I'm the worst. <laughs> uh, but no. but uh, Wolfenstein 3D turned 30 this week. Wow. 30. Better get on this shit. And like, I, I always love pointing out... like Super Nintendo version. That might be one of the most important video games of all time and is mm-hmm. also not the first Wolfenstein. That is... Nope. It's no, not even Not even third. remotely. Yeah, it, it, it's... 
yeah, it's it's just what made 3D fun. Yeah. Yeah, well, the Wolfenstein was like, it was a dead franchise from like the early 80s by this guy named Silas Warner. And I think they just grabbed the license probably for very little money. Yeah. Yeah. And it, cha- it changed fucking everything. And, and, and what Bethesda has done with it is fucking BJ Blazkowicz is a cool character now. It's just mm-hmm. unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, they took this. Anyway, sorry. Um, yeah. Uh, a man, uh, listen to thirty twenty ten is what I'm saying. A uh, man riding a woman riding a motorbike says, uh, "Question of the week: uh, So many to choose from, but I think I will. I'm going to choose the two that I spent the most emotional time with, if not literal time. First off, New Super Mario Brothers U plus New Super Luigi U for the Wii U, hmm. uh, which I bought uh, when I was a very poor college student. I've spent a, a lot of time ruminating on whether or not my girlfriend at the time." felt like buying me that instead of an engagement ring. Um, I mean, that traditionally, your girlfriend buys the engagement ring. I understand. I, I, I'm, well, it felt I'm, like me buying that instead of an engagement ring. I'm not ring. single. Uh, was was the real last oh my straw God. for her. Uh, was the last straw for her in our relationship. Second, the time I bought uh, my brother, the one who set me on fire, I, okay. <laughs> a 360 what? that came with Halo 3 and Fable 2 as pack-ins. Even though we've reconciled... <laughs> I will forever cherish the thought that his experience with those two uh, great games are forever tinged with guilt. Wow. Yeah, I'm glad you reconciled with your fire starter brother. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like Over Fable 2 of all Bring things. the pressure! <laughs> Colin O'Hara says, I think four years ago my answer would have been very different, but my four-year-old daughter has been playing... <laughs> it says Margo Kart 8. Mario Kart 8 with me has been playing Mario Kart 8 with me since she could hold a controller around age 2. Those tiny controllers were made for someone's hands, and she absolutely loves it. She also does not fully comprehend who Mario is, preferring all the princesses and monkeys. It's an absolute blast to play with her, though. Shout out to Rogue Squadron 2 Rogue Leader as an honorable mention. Love that game. Thought it was the best graphics ever for a Star Wars game at the time. Wonder how it holds up now. I don't want to look because that's one of my favorite (laughs) Star Wars games ever. I I loved it at the time, absolutely. And and, and like I I think I said that last week, like Mario Kart is in your children's eyes separate from Super Mario. Like it it has separate merchandise. Uh, It's more popular than than regular Mario shit. Uh, Anthony, you want to read Matt Cody Wardell? Yeah, Matt Wardell says the GameCube over his life cycle had pack-ins with his best games: Wind Waker, Metroid Prime, Resident Evil Four, Double Dash, name a few. But Super Smash Brothers Melee was a system seller for me. I played it for years in my best friend's house before finally getting a cube of my own. By the time the Wii was out, massive FGC following aside, Melee is a special game in Nintendo's history. As far as I know, though, I don't think that was ever an official like pack-in. Melee. I don't. I don't remember it being. One. It was it was a launch windowish GameCube game, and all the other things you mentioned were you could get uh, official uh, pack-ins, but like they made you buy Smash because like that was the first and best game for that system. It's and, maybe one of those notorious soft bundles we talked yeah, about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When like the retailer bundles. does it, yeah, because yeah. it makes total sense. And like, um, yep. Yeah, we mentioned that last week. I, I love bringing up that Sam's Club. Like, we're going to give you six Genesis games. Give you a Genesis for three hundred dollars of nineteen eighty nine money, <laughs> but it'll come with like all like Sonic, Altered Beast, Moon Walker, Columns, Columns, 
columns. Who would pay for columns? <laughs> uh, I guess the Wii U did get packed with the Smash Bros. once, but I don't know if that's what he's talking about or if that counts. Yeah, but that's Wii U, so that's I think a bit later than what he's talking about. Mm-hmm. But whatever. Just uh, Ian E. Frederick says I spent a surprising amount of time in great football as a Sega Master System back-in. Des- I have to believe you because I have no idea yeah. what the pack-in was for Sega Master System. Despite having no, yeah, what what were they going to do? Alpha Rambo, like um, <laughs> despite having no interest in football at all, it has a pretty loose interpretation of the sport as it starts in the fourth quarter. And you only play offensively. Go AFC Foxes. I feel like <laughs> Go Foxes. Was that a, is that a thing? I didn't say something racist on his behalf, did I? No, no, okay, no. Good. That's not a real team. Yeah. But I love that it's I, the I just, fake, fake video game team name. Go George Gonzalez or whatever. Uh, <laughs> Steve Stephen Martin, not to be confused with Steve Martin, says Sega CD <laughs> failed to launch with a single killer app. Instead, it came packed with nine of them. <laughs> Seven playable games and two multimedia discs with a handful of MS Paint-inspired music videos. I can't tell you how many times my lame parents banged on my door demanding that I lower the volume on the Information Society songs. I did not. I was a big FMV fan in 1992. Sherlock Holmes' consulting detective was basically magic to me. Soul Feast was a solid shooter with a killer soundtrack, and the Sega Classics discs had five great Genesis games with CD audio. It's no wonder the Sega CD instantly became the world's fastest and highest selling CD add-on for the Sega Genesis, a record that still holds to this day. Wow, (laughs) Wow, that is quite a call. (laughs) (laughs) And the award for greatest CD add-on for the Sega Genesis goes to... The Released only one that ever between 1992 existed. and 1994. I, I, I read this earlier this week, and this this is one of my favorite comments ever because I want to shit on you because you're clearly a rich kid and have access to stuff. <laughs> but like the <laughs> Stockholm syndrome of caring about these games. Oh, <laughs> I've been there. I've totally been there. I just love that. That'd be like Nintendo claiming like we have the highest selling ring accessory for the <laughs> Nintendo Switch system. <laughs> uh, Nintendo's yes, of like, of course uh, you do. They, they they step out in like a presidential press conference. Like we want to announce we have the highest selling Mario game. Yeah, because no one else would make that. <laughs> no, we did no one else would we make a Marky it. Mark and the Funky Bunch <laughs> MS Paints of. <laughs> Oh. We're proud to announce the Nintendo Switch is the fastest-selling console with that name. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I we've all worked that. in marketing for too that. long. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, from the Twitter, at Full Install. Hello, Full Install. Says, uh, has to be... Oh, this is a good pull. Choo Choo yeah. Rocket on the Dreamcast. Not for the base game. This was the first time I experienced yes. online forums. I had the Dreamcast keyboard, and it would stay up until the early hours chatting in the game rooms. First time I spoke to people around the world. Amazing. Yeah. And, and, and they're all saying, how I turn rat. <laughs> that is a choo-choo rocket joke folks uh choo-choo rocket is the like the sega like sega net it's gonna be the next best thing it didn't launch with that that came with choo-choo rocket choo-choo rocket a game that i think has had two games it launched console internet that, yeah, that's where Choo Choo Rocket is. And that's why he's. The game ruled. I love hearing full and The multiplayer in that game fucking ruled. That's dude. amazing. Mm. Uh, Bungo McNulty says, hands down, the packing game I spent the most time on would be Game Boy Tetris. Fuck yeah. Go. 
Playing Tetris on the Game Boy demo unit was my first exposure to Tetris, and that one time was enough to convince me that I needed to own a Game Boy. Game Boy Tetris is a perfect game on the perfect system. Can't argue with that. Yeah, I remember I was I was dating a girl um, whose father was a conspiratorial redneck who made him molested her, but like uh, something about t- <laughs> Tetris on the Game Boy, they had that on the table like it was an ashtray. Uh, in their house, oh because like you never know when the company's going to come over in 1996 and wants to play Tetris. Like, uh, <laughs> and th- for a second, I thought you meant that they were actually using it as an ashtray. That's what I thought. No, 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 no. But like, but like, it was an accessory in the living room in in like in like the mid 90s, like way after the Game Boy advances out. Because you know, you never know. Because Tetris, everybody loves Tetris. Um, yeah, and I disagree with this man on everything else. And I'm glad I came on his bed and he got mad at me. <laughs> Sorry, is that speak to more of a story? I I I bought him off like a man. Did you fuck my daughter in my bed? Yes, but I bought you falling down on VHS. So I think all is forgiven. <laughs> <laughs> Virtue sold so cheaply. <laughs> defense, huh? You played defense, but I let you play my Game Boy. <laughs> I did. This is where I first Not played my daughter. It's where I first played Donkey Kong ninety four. Which I, mm. I know our community loves me calling. And not Donkey Kong Game Boy. Sorry, you forget those curses. Uh, Shy Guy Fieri hey. says, The pack-in game I spent the most time with is either Super Mario Bros. 3 or Super Mario World. I still can't decide which game I like better, but yeah. I've played the shit out of both of them because I was obsessed with Mario as a kid and honestly still am. I unironically enjoyed all of the Mario cartoons. Yep. I once had a Mario birthday cake. I started ordering mushrooms on my pizzas because I knew <laughs> it's what Mario would do. Don't do that. I even bought a plunger, never to actually use, but just to have in honor of my favorite plumber. Call bullshit. I still remember pulling it out of my suitcase during a family vacation and my mom looking at me with disgust and saying, your attachment to that thing is disturbing. <laughs> Also, Matt seemed disappointed with my tame answer a couple weeks ago, so this next part is for you, Matt! Appreciate it, thanks. When I play Mario games, I can't help but imagine Peach sitting on her throne, assuming her throne is also my face. Oh my god. I want to shrink myself down with a mini mushroom (laughs) and spend all day dancing on her ass and titties. I want Peach to take me to Flavortown, and by Flavortown, I mean her vagina. Or ass. We got it. Or both. You're yes. welcome. I want to shrink myself down away from yeah, this. Yeah, me too. Right <laughs> me too. This guy. This guy wanted to take a. He, he wanted to take a poison mushroom to be Peach's tampon. Wait, did did Shy Guy Fury just admit to having a mini mushroom in his post there? Like, come on, get buddy. We don't want to hear about that shit. Yeah, he wants to I use do. a mini mushroom to shrink. I down do. Have a I want to hear that fucking Roman the... soldier chode he's got. <laughs> <laughs> I thought the plungers would be the most fucking surprising part of that comment. Uh. Yeah, fuck. Oh, I we... forgot what I was going to do. Oh, but after our conversation of that, like, I, I, I loaded up Switch Online. They have Mario All-Stars on there, and I, I played Mario 3 uh, All-Stars version to the end um, after we talked about it. Congratulations. Yeah. yeah it... Somebody wants to... <laughs> Sorry. Put it, put, it on, put it on the games you finished list. No! Uh, no. <laughs> Why not? I don't know, because like, I, I finished a bunch of stupid... Fucking NES games. Yeah, that's why I keep yeah, that stupid. That's why we list. maintain the list. It's, no yeah. one knows about that. Michael. I, we haven't talked about that yet. 
Oh shit! This is a DVD special Nor feature. Will I ever. Um, I keep a list where people write down what games they finished. Anyway, it's it's limited to our our tight little friend group. Uh, so, new question of the week. Uh, let's go back to the EA thing. Assuming it's not the Dead Space remake, what defunct EA IP do you want to be the big remake for next year? Not they're bringing back a new game, but they're going to remake it. Fuck. <laughs> Why not? Um, my, my answer is the same as the last time an EA question came up. It's Hard Hat Mac, <laughs> the legendary Donkey Kong knockoff for Apple IIe. I want a fully 3D remake of this. I want to carry giant bricks around and slot them into holes in girders and then Excuse run me? them over with a jackhammer to cement them into place while I'm being chased around by a vandal and a representative from OSHA who wants to shut me down because my workplace is unsafe! So, so Did Shy Guy Fury I, I should response? let Michael know I'm engorged uh, by everything <laughs> you just said. Hard hat what? Hard hat Mac. <laughs> I think Anthony and I have the same answer because we, we have already concurred on Twitter and specifically uh, NBA Street Volume yeah. 2. Go ahead and skip yes. the first one. We don't need the first one. Just mm. give me a remake of Volume 2. Yes. Volume 2 was the perfect sports game, perfect version of NBA Street. It nailed – no game before or since has nailed the feeling of 1970s era basketball. I and I, I need you guys to recapture about that. Well, I, 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 thought, yeah. I thought that like – um. In the Laser Time Facebook community, it was the best. It was the it was emblematic of why that community is wonderful. Someone put a comic in there, like "Ah, you've died and gone to heaven." Uh, here's a giant, multiple hundreds of shelves of video games. You can play whatever you want. And he's like, "Oh, thanks." And like, but they're all sports games. And uh, he pulls his head off, and it's Satan. Uh, it's not really heaven, but like the comments underneath were like, "Here are good sports games," and yep. that's what I really loved. And like NBA Street Two seemed to like, but but it's just like uh, it seemed to get the the most attention. But it was just like, yeah, I could play NBA Jam forever. Uh, I'm not a sports fan, and like it, yeah, it was a bunch of people commenting on their favorite sports games who aren't sports yeah. fans, and mm. interesting, yep. interesting. NBA, NBA Street is, is like, it's perfect. It's an arcadey game. It's way better than NBA Jam, in my opinion. Uh, will I, ever be. It, it's, it's it's amazing. It's like they combine special moves with real players, with like playground yeah. legends players. It's it's uh, and that aesthetic. Oh, yeah, it was like SSX sick. tricky NBA meets Jam with fucking NBA NBA Jam. It was awesome. Yeah. Hey, even give me Nelly and the Lunatics as an extra basketball team. <laughs> give me all that crazy shit from whenever two thousand four, whenever it came out. Speaking of Nelly, that'd be my other answer is, is the fucking uh, Def Jam series. The oh, for God, yes. And all that shit, yeah. I've got, a, I've got a backup answer. Besides Street yeah. Volume 2, I would love okay. to see another Burnout yeah. game. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that, yes. But yeah. we're talking remake, so re- which which Burnout? you got to get specific. And it, three? It, they, they lost the Crash Breaker in 3 and even released a mobile game that's all Crash Breakers but never included it in their fucking yeah. games. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. yeah. It, 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 Takedown's pretty fucking dope, though, man. Like, Takedown's take really good, and that whole crash mode in Takedown is but, but, but Yeah, yeah, like crash EA absorbed Criterion, the company that made Burnout, and then put them on the Need for Speed team, right. and then made Need for Speed more Burnout. Yeah, And they assigned them to all these collections? I don't give a shit about your collections, Criterion. Need for Speed benefited from the Criterion team, but they like also <laughs> like didn't care to do it again. Like, But they sold yeah. Need for Speed 
uh, what's the remastered one that's out now? Uh, it's really good. Hot, hot pursuit, hot pursuit, like a remake yeah. of yeah, oh, right. uh, okay, hot yeah. pursuit. But that's that's the that's the burnout team making that game. Yeah, and it's wonderful. Well, that was like Activision absorbed mm-hmm. Bizarre, the guys behind Project Gotham Racing, and then it just we're gonna make shut you, them put down you on Bond like... and Tony Hawk until you're dead. Mm-hmm. Yep. So what uh, what defunct EA IP do you want to see them remake? Uh, let us know. Go to VigiGameApocalypse.com. Answer under the comments for episode 471. Alternately, you can visit us at the official Laser Time community on Facebook. There'll be a thread there where you can answer. Or just ping us on Twitter at VGApocalypse, and we will collect the best answers and read them on next week's only show. Only the best. Anyway, that's the only the best. And, well, we'll collect probably at least half of the answers and read them on next week's show. Uh, anyway, that's been our show. Uh, let's go out some plugs. Anthony, once again, tell us about Bruce Wayne Brady. You can find me on twitch.tv slash Bruce Wayne Brady. I've been playing, well, I've jumped back into Sifu, uh, playing that, still playing King of Fighters 15, and I'm going to try to finish all the Souls games I haven't finished for the rest of the year. So uh, probably come watch me die a lot on twitch.tv slash Bruce Wayne Brady. Didn't they introduce like an easy mode for Sifu, or did they just talk about it? Like- I think they just did a recent patch to it. Huh. But I'm playing it on normal, just trying to, just trying to go. I through think it. They, they just open tough, their mouth after game. eating a lot of shrimp. I'm making a seafood joke. The second I stage, I hate myself. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I got a seafood diet. Got it. Yeah. I, yeah, I, we all thought that joke. You're the I, one I who shouldn't said have tried that. Yeah. The audacity! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it always works. It works mm-hmm. for everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, listen to thirty twenty ten this week. We're, we're like. It's one of the most fun Star Wars conversations you've ever heard because it's the 20th anniversary of Attack of the Clones, which people argue is that the worst Star Wars movie ever. Uh, spoiler, I say no. Uh, other people say yes. Mm. And Star Wars gets people hot. It's fucking... <laughs> especially these terrible fucking prequels. <laughs> And we're talking with Diana, who knows everything about movies and has to talk about Star Wars, too. Like, it's a fucking, like, it's a thing that should exist. It's wonderful. Wonderful. What a terrible film. Mm-hmm. Terrible film. Quick, from my quick perspective, plug for Michael's wife, Diana, on 302010, we were, like, having a chat for some reason. I got on an Orson Welles kick because of that Twitter thread that was going around about yeah. me and Orson Welles. And I'm like, this is, like, the one time I wish Diana could join our chat because she mm-hmm. would have so much to say about Orson Welles. Yeah, I, I, I didn't post it because I didn't want to brag. My big expenditure of the month was I, I bought the Criterion, the first Criterion 4K release, which was uh, Citizen Kane. Oh, okay. nice. So good. Um, it's the most expensive DVD I've ever purchased, and I fucking insult my I I own the HD version. Is this really that much better? (laughs) I want to support the filmmakers. I I just want to put money in Joseph Cotton's pocket. Uh, (laughs) No, just in Citizen Kane, a movie I watched because of 3020. I've watched a lot of movies because of that show. Citizen Kane is the best, one of the best movies ever made. And it's still really fun to watch. Um, <laughs> support the filmmakers! Oh my god! <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if 
if uh, Diana finally watched Attack of the Clones, but I was talking to her about it and reminding her, it's like, no, 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 that's the movie with the, I killed them all, and not just the men, but the women. And no. it's like, oh, God. And she's like, I thought that was three. Like, no, that was two. And and say, same with the, you're soft and smooth, not like sand. You, you like my Hayden Christensen impression? I think Is that your really, Hayden Christensen? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's really accurate to the character he's playing uh, in that I, movie. I know, he, but he's doing like fucking Mel Blanc's Peter Lorre. <laughs> I, I was going to say, that sounded like Peter yes, Lorre. Like, yes, yes, yes. We do sick of Star Wars, and we're going to continue that on Patreon.com slash Laser Time, but I really wanted a woman's perspective. Like, when you're sitting next to a guy who's 12 years younger than you, he's like, is fascism bad? And like, I don't think so. Why don't we just make him enjoy fascism? Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm a woman. I love this dude. What? The worst love story ever told. We will talk about. <laughs> okay. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. Like, yeah, I, I killed my, I killed all of these people. But, uh, you know. Let's make some babies. Yeah. Let's. Oh man, I'm so hot right now, but I'm still a good guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yes, I'm still a good guy, mm-hmm. even though I've ignored like uh, slavery in my <laughs> in my colony. Mm-hmm. Oh, Padme, what a fucking horribly written character. <laughs> <laughs> and again, all those people are wonderful. George Lucas is the worst writer of all time, uh, and a genius, and I love him. Yeah. Anything else? Uh, follow me on Twitter at Maddie C. Allen. That's about All right. it. You can see me and Anthony go back and forth about our love for NBA Street. Yes. yes. Well, as always, you can visit us online at VigiGameApocalypse.com. You can follow us on Twitter at VGApocalypse. And you can follow me personally on Twitter at Wikiparas. That's W-I-K-I-P-A-R-A-Z. Anyway, that's been our show. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you next week. always made me laugh like in a, in a 1990s world they'd show a baby and, and they go how did that happen <laughs> just implying sex happened off screen was fucking hilarious um, <laughs> <laughs> it's still funny yeah yeah sex yeah yeah <laughs>